What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Monday, October 9th, 2023. The Buck and I will be taking you all the way until 10 o'clock. Hope all of you had a fantastic weekend. If you're a Texas fan, your weekend, not so fantastic. If you're a Longhorn fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan, your weekend probably sucked. We're here to recap all of the football and baseball and sports happenings from the past couple of days. Good morning, Buck. Good morning to you, BK. How are, How are you, man? Feeling? I'm I'm feeling good, man. I um, you know, I got my exercise in this weekend uh, up in Dallas. I got some exercise in yesterday, so it's it's been a good exercise weekend for me. Watching football. Not so much watching the Texas Longhorns and the Dallas Cowboys. Not so good. Yeah. Well, let's start with what happened to you leaving the fairgrounds on Saturday. So shout out to everybody who came by either yes. of our live broadcasts. Oh, in my Dallas. goodness. Friday afternoon, we were at Harwood Tavern in downtown Dallas. We had a great turnout. That place was full for our Red River Roundtable. That was a ton of fun. And then Saturday morning, we were on the fairgrounds at the State Fair of Texas, right there by Big Tex at the Old Mill Inn, a two-and-a-half-hour pregame show. We had thousands of people walking by saying hello. It was a ton of fun. Horns but, down, horns down, middle fingers up. It was oh, fantastic. Yeah, we, we got Texas fans. We got Oklahoma fans. We had some great guests stop by the table for some conversation. It was uh, pretty fun, and we had a little bit of everything at the State Fair Saturday morning. But uh, So your bit is, so I went inside the Cotton Bowl to watch the game after our pregame broadcast was done. As did Trey, as did Harge, as did Chip, as did intern Brock. But your bit is you like to leave. Well, everyone's trying to cram into the Cotton Bowl and get to the state fair for the game day atmosphere. You try to wrap up and get on the road to get back to Austin, listen to the radio broadcast for the first half, and then hopefully be in your couch watching on TV for the second half. But that didn't happen this year, did it? No, it didn't. You know, people don't understand. I... I haven't been to a football game at a stadium since Ricky broke the record. I don't go to football games. I like to go home. I like to go somewhere where I can actually watch the game. And I mean, I love people, but people tend at the games to talk to me. Once they know who I am, they start asking me about this. What do you think of that call? Is that a, is that a penalty? Is that a legal procedure? Is that a good call by the coach? I really don't want to break down the game at the game, you know? So yeah. I like to go home and watch the game. Plus, I like to have my own bathroom. You know, I like to go to my own refrigerator. I'm, I'm after you've been on the sideline, it's tough to sit in the stands and watch football. It just is. You know, I didn't go to that many pro games when I was a kid. I've gone to, I went to two Celtic games. That was the only NBA games I'd ever been to. And I just hadn't gone to a lot of games. I just, I'd rather, I prefer to be at home. So I would generally go after a broadcast or a pregame show up at the fairgrounds, get in the car. And when traffic's coming this way, I'd be going that way. Yeah. You know, when it came north, I'd be going south. So I could actually get in a car and just hit it and get there, you know, in the third beginning of the third quarter or so. Well, we came in in the dark, and I had never been in this parking area before Section 10. And so we pulled into Section 10 with young Brock. We take a left, but we're not actually in, in parking lot 10. We're in parking lot number eight. So I come out of the fair. I am carrying the uh, big hat, the cooler, filled with drinks because we can't bring the alcohol and put it out and display it. And thank you to the big hat folks. They came by and saw our display and they loved it. We left the shirts and the hats for folks. 
but we couldn't take that booze out. We just couldn't. And so you know how that thing was filled with booze. So I carted that out for about two miles to get to section 10 and walking. And I couldn't find the car. The damn car was in section eight. So here's what happened to me. I didn't get on the road till about, I'm going to say about close to one o'clock. Oh, that's how long I was going. And I never stopped looking for the car. I was in lot 11 looking through the whole lot. There were games, there was, there were, there, the, the games were going on and I was stopping, you know, at tailgates. I never sat down. I just kept on the move. And I finally unloaded all that booze to one of the parking attendants. So, <laughs> you, you know, they help. took it. Huh? You needed oh, they, help from the parking attendant? Oh, they helped me. But, oh. you know, those parking lot, none of, none of them are marked. There's like no numbers. There's like, you know, you get out. A lot of times you'll look for a number that your, your car is in, not just the lot, but maybe there's a number in the parking space itself. There are no numbers at the fairgrounds. You just better know exactly. You better have somebody who's not 68 and cognizant of what's going on around them and may not have transient global amnesia of what happened to the car. So I finally got to the car, got in the car, started out, and it was it was probably three minutes before halftime. So I didn't get that feel except for what I heard from the crowd as I was walking around that place. Dude. I got home and I finally – now I've seen the game twice, but the feel of the game was just – it was it was really, really strange. And, dude, I must have walked 10 miles because I refused to stop walking instead of just taking a deep breath. And guess who didn't have any water with him? Except I gave away – there was water inside of that cooler. You know, they had this range water that Big Hat has. But I gave I gave it all the way. I gave it – the lady had it in bags. What is range water? You mean ranch, ranch water? water or something? I don't know what it was. Yeah, no, that you can't be drinking that because there's alcohol in there, dude. Is there really? <laughs> it's not really water. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. So water, I had no water. So then ranch dude, water no- is not water with like a hint of ranch dressing. No, there's uh, there's <laughs> okay. tequila in there, bud. Oh, there is. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't open it up because I would have guzzled it down. But dude, I had no water, and I'm thinking. This is not good for me. I've gone through some episodes. I don't need to be. I'm like in the desert in the parking lot like a fool. And this old lady finally, some guy says, I think that car is probably, if you came in here at that early in the morning when it was dark, it's probably in lot eight. I'm like, wait a minute. I came in 10. All I did was take a quick left. He goes, yes, but you ended up in eight. And dude, it was, that car was so far away from, I have no clue how I walked up from that car into the fairgrounds. That It seemed like a mile walk, but I finally got there and, you know, I was so relieved, dude. I was exhausted. I didn't sweat because it, it was a beautiful day. It was a gorgeous day for football at the fairgrounds. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much. And to those that are suffering in Israel, our prayers go out to, to the people. And war sucks. Absolutely yeah. sucks. And it is, it is, it's, it's devastating for the, the people. It's devastating for the children. It's devastating for the world. This is a world crisis. This is not just a crisis in the in, in the middle. This is more than 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 you think. This is this one can go down very very bad, and it's already gone down for some people there very poorly. And of course, my wife was getting ready to be on her way. You have family in Israel. My wife was on her way in two weeks to go there, and as of now, she will not be making that trip, and she is so disappointed. But she's more disappointed in the people that are being killed and murdered there right now. So. Yeah. To those people, yeah. I, 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 it's been a very sad week in a lot of ways, but nothing yeah. more sad than the real truth. And the real truth is is death and, and people being killed and slaughtered. So, you know, the game is the game. So and 
I, I, like I said, when I got back, I got a chance to sit down yesterday, watch the game twice, and very, very disappointed in what I saw. I, I saw a team. Sorry about that, Teddy Lehman, but uh, you were right in a lot of ways. But I saw a team that was very, very flat. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how you go into this football game, being the number three team in the nation, and come out as flat as a pancake. There was, mm-hmm. there was like no life to this football team to start the football game. It was, you know, we had talked about, and I had talked about BK. The night before, you know, at the hotel, coaches are really kind of worried about a lot of distractions go on in this particular game. But somebody was distracted, and it was the Texas Longhorns for this football game, for the majority of this football game, really. Yeah, it was disappointing. And Texas couldn't have gotten off to a worse start, right? The Longhorns got the ball first. The first play from scrimmage, they try one of those screens to Xavier Worthy. Oklahoma blows it up. You get a loss of two. And then on the second play of the game, Quinn Ewers throws one of the worst interceptions of his life. I mean, he just stared down his receiver on a slant route, and there were three Oklahoma defenders in the area. I don't know what Quinn Ewers was thinking. I don't know if he was thinking. Uh, but it turned into an interception, and then a couple of plays later, Dylan Gabriel, which this was really a sign of things to come, was able to score with his legs. And just like that, boom, Oklahoma jumps out to a 7 nothing lead. Texas gets the ball back. They actually go three and out, but Steve Sarkeesian, who I thought did some really good things, Oh, he's the one who kept, he kept him in it in the first half. Yeah. You know, his his play calling was absolute garbage in the second half. But in the first half, as flat as that team was, that 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 whole halftime could have been twenty three to nothing. Period. Yeah. I mean, he I kept mean, him in yeah. it. But I don't know what he what he went in what he drank whatever kind of Gatorade or drink he had at halftime. But dude, he came out and his play calling was hideous in the second half. It was yeah. terrible. I didn't know it was it was a total you know. 180. I'm like, what are you what are you doing, coach, in the second half? But you kept a minute in the first half. Now, the original play on first down, everybody know it. I know it, you know it, and the American people know what was coming. Anytime there's motion towards Xavier Worthy or he's involved in motion, the ball is going to go to him. And you're not going to you, you play you ran that play last year. You didn't think they watched film of that play. They didn't understand what you may try to do again. It's not like they haven't seen it. But worst of all, the worst deal about coaching he did to me was the fact that he put a guy who may not have even played in the game. You know, Jadavion Sanders, Sanders, J.T. Sanders, this guy was going to be your primary guy in contact. There's a chance he wasn't even going to play in the game. Why would you make him your point of attack guy when he's got a bad ankle? Put somebody else in there. Hell, you're, you're creative when you put those two sluggos on defense at the goal line, which is a waste of time now. Because all they do is get blown up, and all they do is put their big bodies in the hole, and nobody can find a seam to get in from one yard. But that over that that play, hey, the best player you have right now offensively is your running back. Why not start him off with the ball in the game? Why are you trying to get cute? And but it's it's putting a player in a bad situation. J.T. Sanders was not going to make that. He's got a bad ankle in open space. How are you expecting him to make that block? Yeah, talking about the first play of the game, right? Yeah, how is your, how are you, that's not the guy. I mean, if you're going to coach, 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 but put a player who is healthy and can maneuver himself and put a put a body cuz you don't have to you don't have to crush that guy. You you just have to touch him. He never touched him. He wasn't ready to, to he's not physically ready to do that. So why would you that's bad coaching. You can't put that guy in that situation. Yeah, there were about 15 play calls I hated more than that from Steve Sarkeesian on Saturday, but that did set a bad tone, right? A negative it play did. 
And then the very next play, you're behind the chains at second and long. You feel like you've got to throw it. And then Quinn Ewers throws the interception and boom. I mean, not even three minutes into the game, you're down seven nothing despite starting with the football. And so, your team is already looking flat. They came yeah. out flat, so that didn't help them. Yeah. Yeah. No, why were, why did you think they looked? Did they not look? I mean, I I did before I started on my you know, my journey looking for my car, I got a chance to see the, the opening series of Texas. And, you know, coming out, I'm like, why does this team not look like they're excited about what's about to happen? I, I like it's it's a weird feeling for a group to look that way. What did, what happened at practice? What happened in the locker room? What what went on? That, that team was so flat like that. Well, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. We've got plenty of Sark audio to play over the course of the next couple of hours. But this is the opening statement when he took the podium after Oklahoma 34, Texas 30 on Saturday. Fought game. Uh, tip my cap to, to Oklahoma. That, that was a nice win for them, to, for them to battle back at the end the way that they did. Uh, I, I, think, I think one thing uh, I never question about our group and these guys here is their fight, their resiliency. Um, they, and they, they absolutely displayed that today when, when we didn't play our best football today. Um, you know, we, we turned the ball over three times. That we didn't we didn't create any turnovers. We had nine penalties, uh, which was was very uncharacteristic for us. Um, you know, one of three in the red area, um, uh, and and in the end, I think they had five sacks or something. And so, uh, and then you know, our inability to to corral the quarterback and, and his legs really hurt us there, scrambling, especially in the second half. So. Um, that was not our best football. Uh, but in the end, not playing our best football, the, the connectivity that these guys have with one another, uh, their fight, their resiliency, gave us an opportunity uh, to take the lead late. Uh, we just couldn't finish the game. So um, the promising thing is I know we can play better than we played today, and we will. Um, but we need to coach better. We need to play better than we did today. And um, we gotta, we got to take it one game at a time moving forward now. So uh, proud of the guys, proud of the way they battled and competed. Um, but uh, we need to play better football uh, if we want to be the team that I know we're capable of being. It's just scary because he, the players played the way he coached in the second half. That's how they played. They weren't, they weren't near as physical. Oklahoma was the more physical team, which none of us thought that were going to happen. Uh, they looked like they may have underestimated the strength of Oklahoma's offense and defensive lines. Maybe that was more so because, you know, in this game, whoever's the most physical generally will win or at least be in the game. This team got manhandled by the offensive line of Oklahoma and the defensive line. There was, yeah, they did. I mean, Quinn Ewers had guys in his face once again. I mean, from a defensive line that was not supposed to be that good. And of course I talked about the schedule before the game and that they didn't give a damn about that schedule that they had played. They just knew they got beat 49 to nothing and they were out for blood. And Texas was in like cruise control from the very beginning and they were thinking, oh, that schedule, these guys aren't that good. Really? Yeah. Well, I had said before the game, too, I said, the quarterback is going to be the leading rusher. You can't let him be both. You can't let him be the leading rusher and the outstanding player throwing the ball and finding guys open. You know, and, and this, this secondary for the Longhorns, these young, uh, what is it, five-star players, they're not ready for prime time. Those guys and those kids from Oklahoma ate them up. Yeah, well, look, I don't think enough Texas fans were talking about the absence of Ryan Watts. Like, I thought that was a big deal. I, I was talking about it all last mm -hmm. week, and it felt like Texas fans were like, nah, we're perfectly fine at corner. It's like, dude, Ryan Watts is a Sunday player. He's a four-year college football player, a guy who's played at Ohio State, a guy who's played at Texas, a guy who's played in this game before. Like, Texas has some talent in that cornerback room, but 
Ryan Watts is the best corner on this team. So not having him is going to make a difference. And sure. I think it did make a difference. But ultimately, you hit the nail on the head. Like both coaches talked about this last week, how the more physical team was going to win the game. And it's now 19 of the last 21 years at the Red River Shootout where the team that ran the ball better won the football game. And that is a direct result of being more physical and winning on the lines of scrimmage. And like you said, Oklahoma did that on offense. Oklahoma did that on defense. And there was your difference in the game. Texas just got punked in the trenches, and we did not expect that to happen. No. Even, even a lot of Oklahoma people I talked to going into the game were like, ah, that's where Texas has the edge. Like, that's why I'm worried. Uh, Texas is better on the D-line, and I'm not, wor- or I'm not confident that our O-line is going to be able to hold up against the Texas defensive front. Well, it did. And then flip the script the other way around. The Oklahoma D-line was able to get the five sacks that Steve Sarkeesian talked about. They did a pretty good job. I know Jonathan Brooks had 120-plus yards. He did solid. But for the most part, the OU D-line held up enough against Texas's offensive line. And that was the difference. They just won in the trenches. They were the more physical team for whatever reason. And that's a big reason why they left the Cotton Bowl with the W. Yeah, and it's just some of these some of these calls and some of these little tricky gimmicks that, he, that Sark does – Forget about it, will you? Just, I mean, get in that red zone and score. Let's go. Keep those yeah. defensive guys on defense where they belong. You got away with that novelty play where, you know, Byron Murphy scored a touchdown. Okay, Sark, put him back on defense, leave him on defense. Not only that, now you bring sweat in there. Now you bring a big ass, another big ass body in there to plug it up. And Byron Murphy got punked twice, I think. Somebody said, Buck, no, it was three times. All I know is whoever stuffed him in the hole where the running back couldn't didn't have any space to go. Leave those guys on defense. Quit that gimmicky stuff. Find yourself a fullback or a tight end. Let Jonathan, let him find his little creases like he does himself. Those guys are, if they're not, if they're not down and I'm not, I'm not at practice. So maybe they go down and practice is blocking. Or is it just a novelty where, Oh, he's a big body. He just has to lean on the guy, but I, I don't think they're spending time. I don't think Byron Murphy is going down there with BK and run blocking. Yeah, practice. no, they are. I mean, they're they're not not practicing that play. I know then, they practice the play, but does he go and practice that block? Do you think there's a special period where he goes down? I don't think yeah. so. No, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I, I, think I, just, I think they just big body him and say, let's put him on a linebacker because he's a big, big physical guy. It's worked for us at practice. Well, the other guys are looking at film too. Where he goes, that's where the ball's going. And so somebody came up and waffled that dude twice and blocked up the hole. It's just... It, it, it doesn't – you can do that stuff. You can do those little cutesy plays all you want, but all it does a lot of times is just clog up the space for a guy that's a pretty good running back to see what's happening. Now, did the offensive line get whipped? Oh, yeah, they got whipped down there. They've been getting whipped all day. But to put that – get rid of that stuff. Let those guys go play defense. Hell, they had a hard enough time on defense. Well, I was waiting for Quinn Ewers to play defense. I was looking for Quinn Ewers to line up at the corner. We're putting all these D linemen in on offense. I was like, right. hey. Is Jonathan Brooks going to play safety on this play? He what, should. What, he what could. are we trying? He well, I, mean, I, I have no problem trying that once. If you want to try it twice, that's okay. But you can't. You can't try it three times in a row. Like you got pushed backwards on first and second down when you tried that. Yes. You not keep doing it. That is stubborn and that is stupid from Steve Sarkeesian. Then yes, all of a sudden, fourth and goal, and you're like. Well, maybe now I should put my offensive players in the game for this offensive play. Yes. And then on fourth down, I'm cool with the pass. That's fine. You weren't able to get push up front running the football. Okay, mix it up. But you throw that pass to the smallest receiver you have where you're like basically saying, hey, X, lower your shoulder. 
run over a guy and get that yard so we can get into the end zone here. You're not you're not throwing that to you know Jordan Whittington or somebody bigger than little Xavier Worthy. Like I mean that's too, that's too what, cute, BK. That's too cute offense. That that what they're they're big enough and strong enough that they don't need the defensive lineman to come over from defense. The same guys that can't tackle, they can't get Dylan Gabriel down or that other little running back down, but they're gonna come and do things that they don't do. That's not natural for them to to run block. You don't practice that enough with those guys. And as you said, you're better off just turning around and handing the ball off to 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 Jonathan Brooks, who who finds little creases and stuff. That's what he does for a living. That's what he, when he has a big, big ass right in front of him that's stuffed in front of him, that's no fun for him. Give him yeah. an opportunity to make somebody miss. Or if a guy comes clean, which they look like they all did, let him let him make a decision. Everybody knows where that ball's going. As soon as, the, as soon as Murphy goes that way, and then you bring in Sweat, now you bring yeah. in two big asses in there. I, I'm like, Coach, what are you doing? This is not working. This, yeah. Leave them on defense. They're struggling on defense as it is. They're not doing anything on what they – what they're taught to do on defense. So you're going to bring them in offense. I'm thinking this, this Steve Sarkeesian is being, this is one of his, this is too cutesy for you right here. As you oh, said, yeah. if you're going to do that, why, and then why throw it to the smallest guy? It's it's almost as bad as having Sanders being a guy who's hobbled up being your lead contact guy on play. Number one, that is no. bad coaching. That's not, that is ridiculous. You don't do, that's bad for the player. Almost as bad, Buck. Now you're talking, the, the first play of the game is not good, but that cost Texas the game. That's way worse. The goal to go from the one yard line, first and goal from a yard out, not being able to score matters way more than the first play of the game. That's way worse. Almost as bad. Well, what are when, you talking when, your about? Are, when your guys are still on the bus, sleep. That doesn't help the beginning of the game. No, no, I'm not excusing that. But no, like that 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 red zone sequence, you could argue, cost Texas the football game. And the red zone, we've talked about this, Buck. We said at some point, Texas's red zone woes are sure. going to cost them a game. Now, they were 5-0 and with five double-digit wins going in, so it didn't matter that they settled for field goals at times in the red area or that they would get stopped every once in a while on downs in the red area. But they played their first closed game of the season – and it mattered. They had three trips into the red zone. They scored three points. If they just kicked field goals on all three, which we would have been upset about, they would have won the football game. But Quinn Ewers had the interception on the second drive of the game, which he threw it into traffic. JT Sanders probably needs to catch that. But still, that interception happened. And then obviously you get stopped on downs like that. This team was 109th in the country in terms of red zone touchdown percentage going in on Saturday. It's clearly worse because they didn't score a touchdown in their three trips against Oklahoma. That right there has to be fixed. Because it's just like they don't if know. It's not, what, what, Texas ain't, ain't winning the Big 12 this year. Sorry to tell you. You know, it's, 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 it's not that they don't know. I mean, you know, you've seen Sanders that you're, he went in the game. You, you, the ball is – he's not going to catch that ball. His, his, his ankle's not going to let him get up and catch that ball. And we talk about him making these great catches. That ball was zipping. It was high. I mean, he's, he would have been better off not, not touching, obviously not tipping, even tipping the ball. But that could have been – that was a footwork deal with your quarterback who's under duress again. You know, his footwork was terrible on that pass. The ball sailed high. You know, J.T. Sanders, he, he tips it up, and there's, there it goes. So, it, I mean, you, the three turnovers were crucial in that game, just yeah. crucial. We, we didn't see big game – you know, we didn't see big game quarterback there. Big game Quinn didn't show up. Now, okay, he had a little streak going. He broke some record in the second half, but it's too bad. You, you know, you do have to play two, you know, four quarters of football 
and that was not a good game. That three turnovers, the fumble, yep. the two picks, that's you're not winning anything when you do that. Not in this particular game. Yeah, it's it's almost amazing that the game was as close as it was, considering the fact that Texas was minus three in turnover differential and they had fifty yards more penalties than Oklahoma did, right? Texas like I said, I thought Stark did a, I thought he did a great job of play calling to keep them in the game. That right. sleepwalking bunch, and I mean that's gotta be on him too. I mean, a little bit has to be on him, but the players have to be coming ready to play. I don't know what they were doing. That's that that was not a group that was ready. That was a group that thought they were just better than Oklahoma, probably more so than yeah. anything. Well, we'll take a check at the uh, Coda text line right now. 512-222-9328. First text of the day. Oklahoma definitely came out more physical and aggressive. You could tell they wanted to make up for last year. Texas didn't come out with the same energy to start the game. You're the number three team. And how can you not come out? It's that game alone. As we talked about, it doesn't matter what your records are, but you're the number three team in the nation. And that's the way you open up the game. You're going to let a team all seeking revenge for getting their ass kicked last year, come out and punch you in the face early and often. It just, it just seemed like there was just some, there was something missing and it was, well, it, it was the, the initial pick didn't help you either. It just no. didn't. And that end of the game stuff, I'm still confused. I watched the game twice. I'm still confused about why the quarterbacks. And I know you. I know you thought they they got the ball down the field by throwing it, but they were in position to have about 30 seconds left on the clock. Period. I don't know if that would have helped with the defense that that PK ran out there at the end either. I don't. I don't know yeah. if that would have helped. But it sure would have taken a lot more time off if they would have not had the quarterback drop back and get sacked with a minute and something. I'm like, why is he even passing the ball? Why Why is he even passing the ball? Even if you have if you if you have to let Burke make a fifty yard attempt, okay. Buck taking a taking a sack killed time off the clock. That's the same as running the football. It's not like he threw an incompletion on that sequence that you're talking about. But you're going. But aren't you going? Well, don't you want to give once again your best player that they don't think is their best player an opportunity because he has a tendency to break long runs. Nah, I, 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 I would have been game. I would have been pissed if they ran it there because they had just picked up chunk play after chunk play through the air on that drive like. The O-line just couldn't block anybody, and that sack on first down hurt. But the biggest issue, and, I mean, look, first and goal from the one, I think well, that's – we know that. Yes, that's ridiculous. That's just about everybody's biggest gripe with Steve Sarkeesian. But something that Sark just has to do – or has to stop doing, excuse me. And this is something that happens with way too many coaches across football these days, and I just can't figure it out. Now, you've been a coach. I've never been a coach. So – Maybe I'm out of pocket here. You let me know if what I'm saying doesn't make sense. Third and nine on Texas's final, for all intents and purposes, their final offensive possession of the game, not the Hail Mary drive at the end. They've got a third down and nine from long field goal range. Quinn Ewers was 24 of his last 25 throwing the football, right? I know he had three turnovers. He didn't play a perfect game, but he was in rhythm. And Texas was moving the ball on that drive, yes. mainly through the air. And it's third down and nine. You pick up one first down, and you're going to be able to bleed the clock all the way down and then settle for an easy game-winning field goal at the buzzer to where Oklahoma does not get another chance to touch the football. What do you do on third and nine? You run it. You run it? You make them use, a, use the timeout? You play for a field goal? Really? You run the ball in that spot. Your quarterback is red hot, and you take the ball out of his hands because you want to settle for three. What's the old saying, Buck? Scared money don't make none. 
Oh no, that was, I mean, that was, that was part scared, but I kind of understood that a little bit because I'm going to lean on, I'm going to hope that my defense isn't going to rush three and drop 25 into coverage against a quarterback that can maneuver around like he did that. I mean, that, that final series for the defense. Now I'm, I'm going 50, 50 with you on that. I mean, do I have faith enough that the court, that the kicker can kick that and time will run off or make them use another timeout. That's fine with me, but hell, they didn't need any damn timeouts when they got the ball offensively. They're, they're five plays. They've rushed three guys. They didn't get to the quarterback if they rushed 25 guys the entire game. So maybe they thought three guys was probably the perfect thing to do. Maybe they'd get confused and the offensive linemen for Oklahoma would bump into each other and sack the quarterback themselves because they couldn't get to him with a five-man rush, a six-man rush. They couldn't touch the quarterback. So in a way, why not try three? I don't like that because that's playing prevent. That's preventing you from winning. Well, okay. They, they did rush four on a lot of that final drive, which if you if that makes you mad, that's fine. I mean, they like you said, even when they brought pressure, they couldn't hit home on Dylan Gabriel, and that was a huge factor in the game. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I just don't understand how you try to kick a field goal there. Like, you literally don't even try to get the first down. That is playing not to lose or coaching not to lose, not coaching to win. That's so soft by Steve Sarkeet. That is, what, all gas, no brakes? Now, that's, that's a pretty hard press of the brakes. Right there from Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, especially the way they got the ball down there. You're right. Okay, and and think about it. Like, Oklahoma, the two-minute drill in the first half, what did they do? They marched down the field, same situation, less than two minutes to go, no timeouts. Hell, if the running back doesn't drop that touchdown, they score a touchdown instead of settling for three on the final play of the first half. Like, you already saw your two-minute defense come up short in the same game against that same quarterback. And you're like, nah, let's just – let's put the ball – in their hands again, Dylan Gabriel, who's just torched us today, we're going to give him a chance to go out there and win the game? Like, that's that's so soft by Sark. A guy who, once again, promotes all gas, no breaks, being aggressive. And he was so aggressive in the first half. Like you said, his coaching was keeping Texas in the game. Yes. And in the second half, just to, in that spot, to be that soft, dude, that is that is sorry, man. That is not well, what you want. He thinks he's not being coach. soft when he puts two defensive linemen in the backfield for the goal right. line run. That's that's not being soft. That's being cute. Yeah. Forget about all that stuff. Leave those guys on defense. Oh. See if they can stop the other team on defense instead of giving them an opportunity. And like you said, I I didn't know if Jonathan Brooks was going to play linebacker or if he was going to go in. By the way, Jalen Ford had the worst game I've ever seen him play. Yeah. I've not seen him play football like that before. I mean, he made a couple tackles, but that wasn't the Jalen Ford that I've watched over the last year and a half. That just wasn't him. Credit Jeff Levy, OU's offensive yes. coordinator. Like, that was their game plan, to go after Jalen Ford in coverage mainly, and he was awful. And I heard Zay talking about this on our postgame show on Saturday. If you missed that, check out the podcast. Um, like, all week long going into that game, it was like Danny Stutzman, Danny Stutzman, Danny Stutzman, right? right. OU's linebacker is playing at an All-American level. This guy's a problem. And he's, he's really good, and he had a really good game on Saturday. But – I don't know how Jalen Ford is not hearing all that stuff last week and saying, right. F that guy. I'm better than him. Like they don't see what I'm doing here. Like I'm the leader. I'm the captain of this. One of the best defenses in the country. We're the third ranked team in the nation. I'm going to go out there and show everybody that I'm better than Danny Stutzman. And like you said, Jalen Ford just got picked apart. He, he was taking false steps. He was getting lost in coverage. I mean, Texas defensively, a lot of guys were, were getting confused by all the misdirection that Brylesian offense that Jeff Levy likes to run. But Jalen Ford is a guy you don't expect to uh, to struggle the way yeah. that he did, and he he's, was 
He spent, he spent a lot of time directing people that were behind him because of the youth that had to play in that game. When Catalan went out and the cornerback wasn't playing, Jalen Ford was having to look back. You know, they were going so fast. I didn't think that would affect them. It did. It did. They weren't ready. There were times when, when, when Texas defensive linemen were still standing up and the ball yeah. was snapped. They were gone. And Jalen Ford was, had his back looking back, trying to tell these guys in the secondary what the defense is because of the youth. All these five stars playing out there. No, they took a part. They, they picked on those guys in the cornerback. When Catalan, when they picked on the, on the safety, they went after those guys. And that Farouk kid was absolutely having a good time. He yeah. was having the time of his life, that dude. And he yeah. wasn't even a big threat, but he, he got open on every play. He's a yak guy too, right? Yes. He'd get the ball in his hands, and it felt like he made a Texas DB miss on every single catch. So, yeah, I thought uh, I thought that I thought that PK would have something for the quarterback. Uh, they just they just went along and played defense and said, "Okay, the quarterback is going to get his." But he got 118 yards. He can't be their leading rusher and their leading. It just can't. He wasn't Lamar Jackson, but God, he looked like him on Saturday. My goodness. Let's hear from Sark. Uh, he was asked post game if the up tempo offense that Oklahoma was running was the reason why the defensive line struggled as much as it did. Here's that coach. Well, really, that, that wasn't so much of the issue. It was kind of some of the execution of our pass rush lanes, um, which, which in the end, when, when you let him, any quarterback, go forward in the pocket when you're in coverage for that long and then have the ability to run, it's difficult. You know, we, we didn't do a great job of forcing him lateral and building a wall inside. Um, and, and Gabriel took advantage of that uh, with his legs and, and made some really critical third down scrambles for them and then the, obviously the really long one there later in the game. So, um, you know, I, I, part of it is I got to go look at the tape and figure out why that happened. You know, what, where, did we, where did we miss? Were we off on some stunts and different things? But, you know, I think our guys are in plenty good enough condition to, to withstand if they have to stay on the field. And, again, we, we played, in a, you know, a lot – tougher and more difficult kind of circumstances with the heat throughout the season. So today's weather was great. So I, I felt good about the rotation or lack thereof that we had in the game. Yeah. I mean, it had nothing to do with heat. It just was preparation. Those guys weren't prepared for it. When you're still standing, as I said, when you have that youth in, in your, your secondary and your star linebackers having to still direct people and the ball is snapped. And as you said, if he takes one false step against that group, that, that quarterback was out the gate. He knew that he could, he probably looked at his defense and said, I got to run. If they're, not, if they're not truly going to spy me and they don't get anything with the, the upfront rushers, I'm going to take off. Yeah. And I'll go one-on-one -on -one with their linebackers. I'll make one of those guys miss or two of those guys miss, and I'll get the yards. I mean, those were kind of chunk yards, 118 yards rushing. That's a lot for a QB. That's a lot yeah. for anybody. That's a lot for a damn running back. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Brooks only had, what, himself like 120 or something? I mean, when their quarterback, when the quarterback rushes for 118, coach, there, there's more to it than, you know, I mean, that game plan was a little hump there in the end. I mean, it really was. And, and as I said, and, and especially that last drive, it was just too much time for a guy like that. You, I mean, they can run around, move around, and he didn't have any timeout. He didn't have to have any timeouts no, on the he final didn't. drive, did he? No, no, they uh, marched down the field very, very quickly. Hell, Oklahoma got into Texas territory in just two plays on that final possession of the game. So, yeah, Dylan Gabriel, 14 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. I think he was sacked once, too. So even with a negative 
rushing play because for some reason rushing stats are still affected by sack yardage in college football. I can't quite figure out why that's a thing. But yeah, Dylan Gabriel was picking Texas apart with his legs. And we talked about that last week. Like Texas had to be disciplined with their pass rush lanes and their edges just they didn't care. They just, oh, let me see if I can go all the way around this offensive tackle and get to yeah. Dylan Gabriel. And Gabriel's like, oh, you're just going to give me this whole 10-yard window to step up in the pocket and take off? Thank you very much. I will take that. Yeah. And that was just – they were not disciplined at all. And I think part of it was frustration, right? Like Texas, I think, expected – and I expected. I think most Texas fans expected that the Longhorns' D-line was just going to be able to impose its will. Against that OU offensive line, especially up the middle, right? That felt like the biggest weakness for Oklahoma going into this game was the interior of that offensive line. And I was thinking the Horns were going to be able to get pressure. Well, mentally, they were preparing themselves to be goal line attackers. You know, they thought they'd be blocking. Andre Sweat and Byron Murphy were focused on that. They had to save themselves for offensive play. So they couldn't go all out on defense because mentally they're ready to get to the, because they know they're going to get in the red zone and they're going to get the play on offense. Yeah. Which is still bizarre in my mind. It just, just no answer. I mean, it's it's crazy that they were able to contain Jalen Milrow, who's you know faster and a better runner than Dylan Gabriel is, but they obviously could not contain Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel is a decision maker. He knows when to make a decision. He doesn't hesitate at all when he make when he whether he throws it or runs it, he will he will make that decision and it's gonna ha- he's gonna make it happen. He yeah. intends to make it happen. He makes it happen for that group. And there's I I don't see them stumbling from this point on. I think they're you know the fire hose guy, you know now understands his defense is pretty doggone good. And as you said, it's not just that linebacker. Those down guys were having a field day with this offensive line. They really were. I mean, Jonathan Brooks, and for the for the love of me, I, I, I said C.J. Baxter, if he's going to play, I thought you should be playing him a little bit earlier. But they were in such a bind early. And as I said, Sark was having to dial up some good stuff. They did get that punt block, which I thought they'd get. Yeah, great call. They got after that. They they had to make something happen. They had to do something because they could feel it. You could feel it. You guys had to feel it by the time you got to the stadium with the with the movers. Like so, they had to make something happen in the special teams, which they did. But C.J. Baxter in a football game in the third quarter and stuff. That's not the time. He's not going to be the star then. John the Brooks. If you take carries away from that guy, then that's craziness. I don't. I I don't. Unless he just says I'm flat out tired, which on in the, when I've watched it twice. I didn't see him like, I'm tired. I need to come out. It was like one of those things that they just thought they were making a good decision. That's one of those things that the good decision is to leave that guy in. And if you give, I have to give up four carries to somebody else just to say they got in the game. Don't do it. Not in the third quarter, not in a game that highly contested like that. That's not the time. The time is like you said, if it happens in the beginning of the game and he comes in a little bit, I'm good. But when the, when the game is on the line in the third and fourth quarter, that's not the time to put a, a, a rookie running back in when you've got one of the best in the country back there. You're taking away possibilities from that guy breaking a long run. Why would yeah. you take possibilities from a guy that you know that can do it? You're still hoping for C.J. Baxter to do it. You don't know if he can do it. You've seen the other guy do it now for two years. So yeah. why take why take four or five snaps away from him that time of the game? It's not necessary. He doesn't want out. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Brooks had 22 carries for 129 yards. C.J. Baxter had seven carries for 18 yards. So the split, the split was not as bad as it was last week, where I think Brooks had 21 and Baxter had 15. Now, Texas ran all over Kansas, so right. it, it wasn't as impactful. And I agree with you, by the way. Like, 
CJ Baxter should not be getting snaps in the fourth quarter of a one possession game against Oklahoma. Like that's, you got to have Jonathan Brooks out there. I don't know which coach it is. Is it the running back coach or is it the head coach making the decision to put that guy in that he's not going, he's not there yet. Can somebody, I mean, do they understand that he's not ready for that kind of prime time stuff? I mean, he's not. And you've got a, you've got the one, you've got one of the, I'm serious. One of the best running backs in the country there. Every opportunity for him to touch the ball, you've got to do that. Yeah, I'm seeing a few comments like this, and I just I, I disagree. Like Oklahoma won. They were the better team. Of course they were, but it wasn't close. Texas had a lead with a minute and a half left in this game. Texas outgained Oklahoma in this game. The difference was OU had a few splash plays that Texas didn't, right? Like if Texas doesn't turn the ball over three times, Texas wins going away. If Texas could score on the goal line, Texas wins. Now, give Oklahoma credit. This is not me saying, like, oh, Texas shot itself in the foot by itself, and Oklahoma didn't contribute anything to that. But nah, don't don't say the game wasn't even close. Like, how, how do you say that? They scored a game-winning touchdown with 15 seconds left, and the game wasn't even close? Yeah, the what game – What game were we watching there? Yeah, the game was very close. It, there was just some, some screw-ups in a championship game that you can't do. You can't turn the ball over – your quarterback, who's the number two guy for the Heisman Trophy, which is no longer, uh, he can't turn the ball over three times. He can't fumble the ball. He's got to protect. When he's in a crowd, he's got to protect the ball. And we've worried about that, but he hasn't had that kind of pressure. And the offensive line, who has been really rock solid, those guys were in his face. They started to slant and angle and do some things. that te- they're, they, I mean, they've watched the film. They understand what the, the weak parts of that offensive line is. And they did just that, and they got away with it. They got yeah. they got away with it, and your your inability to score in the red zone is, as you said before, BK. You've been saying this is going to come back to haunt you, and really, it did. Those goal line stands that 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 was the key. But yeah. defensively, the last series for them to go down the field like that that is to me that is one of the deals of of football in general that prevent defense prevents you from winning. Yeah. I, as as much as that kid was still getting out and running around. That's fine with me. They didn't have any timeouts. Let him run around, whatever. Stop the clock. Maybe one of these times he may slip and trip himself up because your defenders aren't going to make him do that. But maybe he'll trip himself. But you can't let him sit back in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. Five plays, get down the field and score. You just can't do that. You have to try to pressure him. And I know you don't want to put the pressure on the cornerbacks. But, hell, you're doing all kinds of weird things in that game anyway. So you might as well, hell, rush seven. And go through and go four in the back, but don't give that. Don't let that guy sit back there in the pocket. He will eat you. Those receivers were giggling of what they had in that secondary. He's really good, isn't he, Dylan Gabriel? I was. Oh yeah, he's good. He's he's a great player, and I just, I was I spent a lot of last week trying to tell people how good Dylan Gabriel was and how he's the best quarterback that Texas is going to play all season long, and he was awesome on Saturday. He really was. I mean, OU got into a little bit of a lull in the second half, right? They scored a touchdown on their first offensive drive of the third quarter, and then they didn't score again until the final offensive possession of the game. So the Texas defense bowed up. They figured some things out. But obviously, in the biggest moment, uh, DG came up with some huge, huge plays. And it's like, man, you you think they're just going to play for a field goal. Oh, no, you don't have to actually settle for a field goal. You can try to get into the end zone. What a, what a concept. You can go yeah, out and, and win was, the game and, instead of just playing for three. I, I didn't realize you could do that, Sark. Well, that was that one surprised me because I, I thought they were playing. T- I thought they would go ahead and just run the clock out, kick the field goal at the last second. 
And yeah, that's how you coach. That's how you sp- that's that's putting that's all gas right there. Now. Yeah, you got you got a defense on the brink. You keep attacking them. You don't just settle. You got kids in the secondary right now. Yeah, you know, and yeah. the safety has now knocked himself out again. I mean, he's who knows Catalan. How I mean, he was he was he was playing okay, but you knew eventually he was going to have that hit where it was going to hurt him as much as it hurt the guy that he hit. So. Yeah. Who knows how that is? That I mean, it's good that they have a week off, but they got a lot of fixing to do. They got they, and the quarterback still has some fixing to do because his footwork once again, and his footwork had to be that way a lot of times. Guess what? He had people in his face. Yeah, they were yeah, all five up, sacks. They were all up in his mug. I mean, yeah, Jake Jake Majors getting hurt on the second drive of the game did not do Texas any favors, right? I mean, Connor correct. Robertson, redshirt freshman, he 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 tried, he fought hard, but the O-line just wasn't the same without Jake Majors in there. So that definitely made a difference. Like injuries happen next man up. You've got to find a way to play better, even when guys go down. But uh, yeah, no, it's Dude, credit Oklahoma, man. And once more again, I never see another defensive guy in the game at the goal line. I would be so excited. I'd rather have <laughs> Gunnar Helm. I'd rather have one of those tight ends who's used to blocking. How about the red cat? How about the red cat with Savion red? Like that worked. And that's worked all season in short yarded situations. Why not try that at the goal line? See if that works a little bit, you know? Does Sark not see the asses on these defensive players? How much room that blocks up for your running back? I mean, it's a it's a cluster in there. When you yeah. where, where, where where the direction goes or where Murphy goes, but then you brought that other huge ass in there. I'm like, really? Two Do you know what the running back asses? All, all the running back sees is asses in front of them. It's hard to make a cutoff. You see all these cracks in front of you. It's like I, I'm having a hard time figuring this out. Get them out of my way and let me let me. If a guy gets loose, let me make him miss and let me slide. I do this. This is what I do. I'm a runner. This is what I do. When you put a guys down there, they don't hit the sled for blocking purposes. You think they spend 15 minutes of blocking, dude? They need to spend 20 minutes down there tackling on the other end. Yeah. Normally I'm cool when I'm in a room with a couple of huge asses, but yeah. I, I don't want to be. You don't want to be the running back with those things staring you in your <laughs> face as you're no. trying to get a foot. What was it? Goal? Was it a foot? Was it two yards? Was it five? Yards? What What was that? A foot? One yard? Yep. Three plays. One yard. They Got that big old thing. quarterback sitting over there wasting another year on the sideline. Get him underneath the center and let's push his big ass in there. Yeah, I agree. We've talked about that a lot this year. Why not? Why not? If you're trying all these gimmicks, why doesn't that become one of your gimmicks? He can actually throw too. He can pop pass it to the tight end. So if you're going to be a gimmick coach down there in the in the in the red zone at the one yard line, try that gimmick. You know they're doing it all over football. I'm watching them do it. College. You know every damn pro team is now doing it, and I'm watching a lot of that stuff succeed. You got a 250 pound quarterback. Yeah, do it, line. do what the Eagles do with Jalen Hurts. Well, that's what I'm saying. At least yeah. if, if you're going to be a gimmick, you try that once. That's not that's not a gimmick. That's just smart football. Like that's you can't stop that. No one's been able to stop Philly the last two years doing that. Dude, you are. I mean, you they were doing that with the Rams. I mean, they were doing that. Yeah. With, they were doing that with Jared Goff and people like that. I'm like, how are they doing that? And you've got these two monsters in there clogging up the toilet. I mean, seriously, really, <laughs> Sark? And you're going to run behind them twice? And then you're going to really try it again? Three times. I mean, mean, you you gave the guy his touchdown, but let's not make him a part of the offensive staff. I mean, really. It was a a, a demeasuring contest for Sark there. 
that, he was that, trying to prove that his was bigger than Brent Venables. He's like, I, this is going to work. I'm going to keep doing it until it works. Instead and of now he's going to hear about it all. He's hearing yeah. about it from all over the nation right now. And you know what he's going to do. He's going to prove to you that this is the way it goes. I'm going to do it again. You know that, right? You know how the egos go. Yep. Well, Sark is pretty lucky. Do he doesn't have to talk today because Texas doesn't play this weekend. So he doesn't have to meet with anybody until next Monday. Yeah. So or he had Thursday. the first game presser. No, they don't play. Oh, no, like, you right. don't have to meet with anybody because they're off this weekend. And the so. kids are at home. It's Monday. They're still trying to figure out how they get in here. And I talked yeah. – there is something distracting about this week because that's not the team that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. It's just not. No, it's they, not. There, was, there was no oomph. There was no push. There was no motivation. It was – I was waiting for the coach to say that's – I was waiting for him to say this is on me. They came out flat. And when they watch that film, they're going to look at each other as coaches and go, what, what did we miss? What did we not say to this group to get them going? With the exception of it's a 50-50 proposition because part of that's on the players because how can you not get up for that game? Yeah, I don't know. First 11 a.m. game of the season. I, I there's, there's no excuse. <laughs> there's there's no. no excuse. Hey, let's give some love to some sponsors. Y'all see this Texas Sports Unfiltered polo I'm rocking? Yeah, man. This is Nike. This is real deal stuff right there. You saw enough Nike over the weekend up there, didn't you? Oh, man. Got to give a shout-out to our friends at Waterloo Printing for hooking this up. They're down in South Austin. I've got one of these for you. We've got these shirts and sweatshirts for all of the Texas Sports Unfiltered team, and we're going to work on getting these for you people out there as well. But want to give some love to Waterloo Printing for hooking us up. Check out their website, waterlooprinting.info. They've been around for more than 10 years. Quality printing. Great customer service, exceptional turnaround times, man. My guy Adam over there got these. I met him in Dallas. I, t- I texted him last Monday. I'm like, shit, dude, it's probably a little late, but can we get some stuff for Texas OU? And he's like, dude, I'll be in Dallas. I'll bring it up. I'll meet you on Friday night. Sure enough. He had it for you. Came through. So shout out to uh, Adam and the team at Waterloo Printing for, yeah, I mean, this thing, I'm going to be wearing this shit all the time. And it was, and, hey, it was a little cool up there on Saturday morning, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, had the little sweatshirt. Yeah, rocking. you did. But also well, wearing the shorts on Saturday, too. No, the shorts, no, no, no more of the shorts. No, no, no. Let me just <laughs> say thank you to our travel partners. Uh, thank you to Austin Duck Adventures, Comanche Concrete, and, of course, Hayes City Store. Thanks to those, those three groups that helped us get up there. It was fantastic. And Friday at the Tavern there was wonderful. It really was. And for all the folks that we saw there, you know, it, it was, that, was, that was good to see. That place yeah. was rocking with Texas fans now. It was awesome, man. Yeah, shout out to everybody who made their way to Dallas to come hang out with us on Friday and Saturday. Uh, outside of the game, the weekend was a lot of fun, but, you know, the game is what matters more than anything else. But, uh, no, we had uh, a ton of fun doing those live broadcasts from Big D. And many thanks to, once again, everybody who stopped by either Friday Absolutely. or saturday to say hello and yeah special thanks to our travel partners too for getting us up there and and bk i expect to see these two teams play again in december we'll be up in arlington again there's nobody in this conference can beat either one of these two teams once texas gets their mind straight again which you know there'll be there's gonna be a lot of chewing out the head coach is going to chew out the assistant coaches he's going to be looking at the man in the mirror himself and saying hey what is this all gas stuff why am i trying to be so gimmicky here i've got truly a really good, solid quarterback. I've got a good offensive line. I've got one of the best running backs in the nation that I don't like to turn around and hand it to him on first down in the beginning of the, the beginning. I've got to try something tricky early to put my team in a situation that now my quarterback is going to force a ball in there that 
he just can't do. He can't do that. If he's supposed to be this quarterback, I mean, and, and these big games, that th- this was a big game situation. And he forced, he forced, he, one was bad footwork. The second was he directly looked in that direction and stayed in that direction. As I said, the three defenders over there, they were like shooting it out. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, one, two, three. I'll take it. No, one, two, three. <laughs> it's your ball. I mean, he looked right at him and he actually threw it. As I'm looking at it the second yeah. time, I'm like, he's looking there, but he's not really going to throw there, is he? I said, maybe the, the second time I watched the game, he won't throw it there. <laughs> Dude, there were three guys that, that decided they were like fighting each other to get to uh, that ball. Yep. Yeah, you're talking about the first Ewers interception oh on the second play of the game. Yeah, yeah. The one to Sanders was a dangerous throw into traffic in the red He's zone. Where... You see him at practice. You know you got to bring that ball down. He has a bad ankle. Why don't you, know. don't you know the guy now? You see them in limping around practice all week. There was like a 60% chance that the dude was going to play. So you can't throw it high there. you got to throw it into his chest. It can't I... go high. I, you know, I, yeah, I, th- I thought the throw was fine. Uh, I I'll, I'll give credit to. I mean, it, it hit both of his hands. Like, but you, you credit the OU player. I, I think it was Peyton Bowen or it was Billy Bowman, one of those two guys. They they lowered the boom on Jatavion Sanders, and um, it turned into an interception. So, yeah, I, it's that that sucks. But the red zone woes, right? The, the first interception obviously came deep into Texas territory, which that doesn't help because it led directly to Oklahoma's first score of the game. And your but, team is flat already. So that's all they yeah. need. The pancake group, that's all they need. They're already flat. So you give up the ball on the first series in the second play, that's going to put them into a to deeper misery. Yeah. And I just like to know from Sark, why was that? That's, that's the thing as the coach that, you know, there's a lot of it you, you can't control, you know, but there's a lot of it that emotionally that team has to be in better spirits playing that game you knew a team that got their ass beat 49 to nothing had revenge on their mind but how can they, uh, the number three team in the nation not have it in them to say they're still Oklahoma we're still about to pile drive them how do they let them get the momentum like that but yes it was a close game it was not a it was not a beat down game by Oklahoma by no means it was a good football game and you just got to do a better job your coaches have to do a, you know we talk about Sark winning one he didn't he kept them in in the first in the first half with some of his play calling and his ability to say to, to, you know, to special teams coach, we need to go after this punt because ultimately he's the one who makes those decisions, whether you go after it or not. And yeah, and, well, one, one of them worked. And then another one turned into yeah. free points for Oklahoma because Keelan Robinson, a senior couldn't stop himself from running into the Oklahoma punter. Nice job there, Keelan. Yeah. And somebody tell me, and I still, even in the two, I saw, I saw, I think a flag thrown on the on the, the original one, BK, the original punt block for the touchdown. But I saw a flag. I saw a player with his helmet off, oh, and I saw so a flag fun. go up in the air. So I, I don't know if it had to do anything to do with anything. But that's one of those. Once again, if that flag's calling that particular player for pulling his helmet off in the celebration on the field, I mean, those are things that it just it wasn't championship football. It just wasn't. No, yeah, no, God no. My God, no. It's it's amazing the game was even close considering some of the mistakes that Texas made on Saturday. And Oklahoma left some points on the board, too. Well, they could have been up 30 to nothing at halftime. Yeah, I mean, they, they they dropped touchdown late. Obviously, you know, they screwed up the punt block up the middle. Like, they didn't play a perfect game. Now, they played a much cleaner game than Texas, right? They didn't have any turnovers. They didn't have the nine penalties that Texas had. But, uh, you know, o- Oklahoma also made a few mistakes and Texas just couldn't capitalize the way that Oklahoma was able to. So it wasn't all gas, no breaks. It was all ass. No <laughs> yeah. break. 
for sure down to the goal line it was. Get that ass out of my face. I'm trying to score a touchdown here. And you've got these big old 300-pounders with their rear ends in my face in the hole. I mean, oh. I mean, there may not have been a hole, but let me make the decision as the running back if I can slide or if I can take that guy right there one-on-one -on -one, because he's at a bad tackling angle. I need a yard. I'm Jonathan. I'm John, I've been breaking tackles all year long. Why do you have to bring those two bodies to clog up my toilet? I mean, serious. I mean, it's a uh, gimmick. That's gimmick football. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, like you said, BK, don't be surprised if he tries to prove a point and bring him in again. You know what I mean? I'll yeah, well, that'll that'll work against Houston in two weeks because they are ass. It's not going to work against a team as good as Oklahoma, who's now number five in the country. Like you, you can't just. I, once again, I had no problem with trying it once. Hell, I didn't have a problem with trying it a second time. But oh you my can't, goodness, you can't move backwards on the first two plays and say, "Nope, we're going to do it again." Like, what's Let's the definition do of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Over and over and over, you did that. Yeah. Coach, I mean, really, I mean, can you put, can you, can you spread them out? Just put four receivers to one side, put a tackle out there and then go, I think they're going to throw it and then hand it off to Jonathan Bros. Let that dude, he'll find something if you spread them out, but you, you can't, you can't with those two plungers there. You can't, they're just plunging away. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just bad. I mean, I mean, I'm serious. And that, that first play I'm looking, I'm going, oh my goodness. He's going to throw it to Xavier Worthy, and he believes that because they fell for it last year and he went down the sideline 100 yards, that they're going to fall for it. The guy who's sucking water out of a fire hose is going to fall for it again. They didn't watch any film, Coach. They didn't, they didn't know what you were going to do. It. They ate that play up, that, and you got the guy out in space with a bummed-up ankle. He's not going to make the block. He's just yeah. not. All right, let's let's give some love to some of our sponsors, Buck. We uh we got to catch up on some reads here. Hey, how about we this? Were... How about my folks that relaxed the back? I'm sorry, I I took my to go chair with me, but we were in the grass and it was not going to work in the grass, you know. But I want to thank uh, Relax the Back because we'll be at some different spots. I should have had it there at the um, at the tavern though. It would have worked there. But thank you to Relax the Back because I needed some comfort for my back and I really need it. And I'm getting it right now after my walkathon marathon on Saturday. So I want to thank, of course, the folks there. And you can live pain-free with Relax the Back. They're in Bee Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck. We're Relax the Back. Shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave, too. Oh, yeah, brother. They How about sent that? us up there in style, giving us a couple of loaner cars to make our way to the Metroplex this weekend. We look good. We didn't. We, the, the team didn't play good. But Texas Sports Unfiltered looked pretty good, thanks to our friends at Cover BK. No doubt about it. The enclave that I was driving in, BK, they did find it in the parking lot. The guy said, he goes, there's a one that says Covert over there. It's an enclave. It's new. I said, that's me after an hour and a half. That's me right there. And I want to thank uh, Dan, of course, and Stacy, who hopefully she's feeling better right now. And they've been doing it since 1909. The Covert family has been serving uh, Central Texas with cars and trucks. They're out on Highway 71 in B Caves. And there's also Covert Chevy and Ford in Hutto and Lincoln and Ford right there in Austin, Texas. They've got all the brands out there. The Buick, which I was driving in, the GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram out there in beautiful B Cave, Texas. And folks, for more information on the weekly sales that they have out there, just go to covertbcave.com. And no one beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not now, not ever. And how about a new recorded spot from our buddy Tom McKay over there at AV Consultations with a very important 
scientific note for the people this morning. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. There you go, Tom. Thank size you. does matter, Buck. I've got size that. up here. i got an 85-incher over there. you got an 85-incher. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, and congrats. Congrats and apologies to your wife for that. <laughs> All at the same time, huh? Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. What a magnificent, beautiful weekend for football all over the country, but not at College Station either. Oh, yeah. No, if you're a Texas football fan, like not just University of Texas, but if you root for teams in the state of Texas, odds are you had a rough weekend. Now, shout out to your Mark U. Got to give some love to Texas Tech for going to Waco High and beating Baylor. Hey, Texas Tech getting that elusive third win. Congrats on getting to 500, Red Raiders. Uh, <laughs> the Big 12 still runs through you. We will never forget that. That's true. Uh, but, man, Texas lost. Texas A&M lost. The Cowboys lost. The Texans lost. Baylor lost. TCU lost. I mean, uh, unless you're out there in Lubbock, you had a pretty rough football weekend if you root for somebody here in the Lone Star State. Yeah, this is – this will for the, for the Texas Longhorns, this will be a – there's a lot of come to Jesus meetings and it's going to happen this week in a lot of these position meetings, BK, because they're still, even though they're not, even though they have a week off, they're still having meetings and watching film. And this is not one of those. You don't take this film and throw it out. You watch this one over and over, just like the Dallas Cowboys. They'll be watching that film last night over and over and over. You know, when people oh. say, no, you burn that film. No, you don't. You got to learn a lot from that film. And the Texas Longhorns have to learn that, Dude, you can't turn the ball over three times. You just can't do it. In championship play, as you said, the, first of all, you can't have that many penalties. And I don't know if, if – I'm not even going to say anything about the refs, but the refs had nothing to do with the beginning of the game. That was just, that was just flatness coming out. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, I don't know what they were drinking. They probably were drinking their own Kool-Aid because they watched and they did exactly what I talked about. I said the schedule will matter for Oklahoma. But it didn't matter. They got into that game, and they were the most physical team that Texas has run into. And I thought the schedule would matter myself. But then again, I don't play, and I don't coach anymore. But they must have been hearing that, oh, they haven't played. They must have been looking at each other, you know, and they're, when they're playing on their, their, their video games and saying, no, man, I got that guy. You know, they've been playing against Tulsa. They haven't played against anybody because that's what they look like on Saturday. Yeah, yeah they look like they – Knew they beat them 49 to nothing last year. And it right. looked like that, ah, yeah, they haven't played anybody this year. And we've already got a win at Alabama and we've got two wins over ranked teams. So we're, we're just going to go out there and do whatever we want against the right. fools. And yeah, they didn't come out with the same energy that Oklahoma did. It was simple and it was obvious to see that Oklahoma early on was just more into the game. They were out there to prove a point. And look, Texas obviously did enough to take a lead late in the game, but you really put yourself behind the eight ball if you get out to a sluggish of a start as Texas did on Saturday. So yeah, man, it, uh, it was frustrating. Uh, who had the worst weekend, the Longhorns or the Cowboys? Cause you know, the Cowboys all off season long and through the first four games of this season, just kept thinking about San Francisco and this was their biggest game of the year. No, this is the team that's knocked us out of the playoffs in each of the last two postseasons. Uh, this is our opportunity to prove to the world that we're on their level and we're actually, 
as good or better than these guys. And then they just lay the egg of all eggs. 42 well, their, to physicality, their, their physicality could match San Francisco. It hasn't in the last couple of years. We, we've seen that. They're not as physical as San Francisco. They're not as good offensively as San Francisco. And the, and the money they gave to Tony Pollard, why? I mean, Tony Pollard hasn't done anything this year. Not to say that he has any place to run when they do run with the ball, but Tony Pollard was given an awful lot of cash for absolutely so far nothing. Nothing going on with Tony Pollard. Well, it, was, it, was a fran- it was a franchise tag. I mean, it, it's a lot of money because the tag is a lot of money, but they didn't give him the Zeke Elliott contract where it was like, oh, shoot, we got to deal with this for the next four years. Like, well, right now he hasn't lived up to whatever they gave him, the yeah. franchise tag, because he hasn't done very much for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and they they look they look frightful. They they didn't they couldn't meet the, the physicality of San Fran. But once again, they haven't for the last couple of years. It's all talk with them until they actually do it. I think you knew it. I knew it. Once again, the American people knew it because they had talked, they talked, they talked, they talk about you know what they're gonna do with San Francisco and how it's all gonna change. But when the game starts, it's it seems like over the last three or four years, it's just been the same. Well. Last night was different because in the two playoff losses, those games were close, right? They, they were one-possession football games. Last night was nowhere close. So the Cowboys are trying to sit here and prove that they're getting closer to San Francisco, no. but actually they did the exact opposite. They're getting further away, and the gap between the two teams looks like it's widening right now. I mean, yeah, everybody sucked like that. Dude, and- they tried to put Micah Parsons everywhere on the defense. Yeah, he just, They didn't settle on him outside. They put him in the middle. I know – and I, I'm hoping when Vanderesh went out, I, I hope that's not something that's going to keep him out for a long, long time. Did he come back after that last night, or was that another neck stinger? I think I he came back. He, he actually okay. played well last night. He was one of the few guys who did play decently well for the Cowboys, but it was rough. I mean, they made Brock Purdy look like prime Joe Montana, and I'll give Brock Purdy some Brock credit. Brock good. He's good. Yeah, he, was, he was really, really good. Four touchdowns through the air last night, no turnovers. Uh, he played at a ridiculously high level, and for the 49ers were able to run the football, too. It was Jordan Mason, too. It wasn't just Christian McCaffrey. Jordan Mason, the backup running back. It's like when he came into the game, the Cowboys almost expected pass, and they just kept handing it off to that dude, and they had no answers for yeah, that Cal- guy. He broke he broke some big ones. And then George Kittle with three touchdowns. I mean, it was, it was an awful performance for the defense. Yeah, uh, Kyle Shan- Shanahan said that I just – I felt I wanted to pass more. He felt – he said, I felt bad – because in my mind, I wanted to pass and pass and pass. But we had the run. It was, once again, the Cowboys couldn't stop the run, you know, like they've been against teams when teams just say, we're going to saddle it up and we're going to run downhill at you. Well, it happened last night. I yeah. mean, in, in key moments, they ran the ball. It wasn't like they they just ran at will. But in key moments, when they had to run the ball, they did. And he wanted to call more passing. He said he had to, he had to fight himself, BK, to call runs because it was successful instead of throwing the ball. Because he knew he had him in the pass game. There was yeah. no pressure. Purdy had no pressure on him. No. Uh, what do the Cowboys do? I mean, where do they go from here? Like, the, the Cowboys are still going to win double-digit games, and they're still sure. probably going to make the playoffs. But, okay, they've done that the last couple of years. They've won 12 games in each of the last two years, and they can't get anywhere close to the promised land. They can't get to the conference championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. And now, once again, it feels like they're worse, and the gap between them and the top teams in the NFC is getting bigger what do they do? Is there anything they can do this season, or is this? Uh... Yeah, they they can sit back and and go fishing and let let the Eagles go ahead and win that division and let the Eagles and San Fran play it out because right now the Cowboys are about fifth in the power ratings of all the teams in the NFL. They have really 
They've really uh, kind of dropped. Although Dak threw a nice touchdown pass, which was good to see. He still was just horrifying. I mean, yeah. they, you know, three I, picks. I, yeah, I was expecting Michael Gallup to have a better game. He did not. They just said, we're going to cover C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is not doing anything against us. And they made sure. And the other guys just, they, they just struggle. Yeah. I don't know what the Cowboys do this year. I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting offseason coming up. Well, you know, still a long way to go in the regular year. And it hypothetically, is. they could get another chance against San Francisco in the playoffs. If San Francisco but, stays healthy, they're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it sure feels that way. Uh, I mean, look, Philadelphia is still really good. They're 5-0. and I don't know how you can count out the Chiefs. Like, they got a win yesterday against your Minnesota Vikings. Nice performance there. Way to go, guys. One and four. Had an uh, opportunity, Vikings. So you never call my team the Vikings. They can the beat Vi- the Cowboys right now. No, they couldn't. No. Sorry about that. No, no. I don't I don't know if your Vikings could beat Oklahoma right now, to be perfectly honest with you. They stink. Well, but no yeah. one can beat them right now. They they're feeling it, and they should be. Yeah, of course. Big win for them. But uh yeah, the Cowboys are in some trouble. Um, and look, they got the Chargers next week, then they've got an off week. They play Philly, I think, week nine. That'll be the next big test for Dallas to see how they stack up against the best teams in the NFC. But just an embarrassment on national television with everybody watching, right? Just to see if the Cowboys could get their revenge against San Francisco. No, no revenge. I was was asleep before the game was over. Doesn't happen very much. I was asleep before the game was even over. It was a disaster. Dude, and it's so sad that the Longhorns, let this group get their revenge on them Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That's what that was. That's what really hurts. You stomped them forty nine to nothing, and you couldn't find a way to pull out a win and just make them bleed. You know what I mean? Instead, they end up bleeding you. Yeah. Well, well now the now now the message has to change, right? I mean, now it's get to Arlington and get revenge because yes. I, I sure as hell think that Oklahoma is getting there, right? Like they're going to be favored oh. in all of the rest of their games this season. They might be undefeated going into Jerry world. So oh, I think they Texas. will be. I, I I mean, I watched K state on Friday. Wow. What the hell happened oh. to that group? Yeah. Disaster. No, nah, it's, it feels like a two team league right now. It, it does. I mean, if Kansas had Jalen Daniels, maybe they'd be a, a, an obvious third. They look good even without Jalen Daniels. Yeah, Jalen Daniels still. has something wrong with his bag. BK They're They're just not saying anything. They've got stuff. He's got stuff going on that they don't even want to talk about because yeah. by now, if, if this was just something, you know, just a, a this has got to be a tear or 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 a vertebrae kind of deal. That they're really being way way cautious with him. It's not a matter of can he get it loose. There's something going on. He wasn't even on the sideline for their yeah. game on Saturday. Like they had him upstairs. They didn't want him on his feet. They wanted him yeah, sitting down still- in a suite, which is like not a good thought. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, there are two ranked teams in this conference right now, and. Uh, going into the year, I think a lot of people expected Texas and OU to be the two best teams in the league, and that that is sort of where we're at right now with Oklahoma being number one, of course, and then Texas being number two at this moment. So Where is the, 18, you, you, where's the 18-wheeler when Texas needs the 18-wheeler? Come on now. You want, you want Tyrone big, Swoops back? Come on. Let's go. Let's go down, I mean, in the, down at the one-yard line. Let's go. Yep. No, thanks. I don't want I don't want to see that dude in a Texas uniform ever again. I'm all right on that deal. But I also would be okay if I did not see Byron Murphy and Tavontre Sweat on offense. Yeah, who's coming again. over for defense? Who's coming over this yeah. week? Who's it gonna be against Houston? Uh let's get uh I don't know, Ethan Burke. Should we get Ethan Burke out there? 
Hey, no, if you put Ford out there, well, he didn't get very much contact on Saturday. No. To say no. to say that. I mean, he he just didn't. But no. you know, Texas just got put in a in a bad way. They had a lot of youth out there on the field. A lot of high level youth, you know, at the cornerback position and stuff, too. It just when Jalen Ford, as I said, when the team moves that offense as quick as OU is moving, they never slowed down. They just kept coming. And when your linebackers still got his back turned and tell, trying to tell guys what the defense is, that's scary. They never got settled in the whole game. I mean, I know maybe halftime I was thinking maybe they'll come out of half and, you know, your, your starting linebacker won't be turning his back to what's going on in the place. They still were going too quick for him. Had nothing yep. to do with heat. It was just the speed. Yeah, you know? that was the you know Oklahoma runs that up tempo offense, and it's something we touched on last week. How Texas hadn't really seen an up tempo offense this year, right? Like Alabama with Tommy Reese, they kind of slow things down a little bit. Wyoming, yes. they slow things down. Kansas, for as explosive as they are offensively, they you would to. think you would think that they're up tempo, but no, they slow things down too. Uh, and then Baylor doesn't do any offense, so I you know I don't know what the hell they're they got going on in Waco right now. But uh, yeah, that was going to be a challenge for Texas. And you figured they'd be able to hold up against it, but they weren't. The up-tempo clearly gave Texas problems. The Longhorns weren't able to sub a lot defensively, and they just they couldn't get pressure. Uh, let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian following the loss. He was basically asked, hey, why did your team not play its best football today? What went wrong? Some of it was a little frustrating because it was just out of character for us. you know. And that, That's the hard part as a coach that I have to drill back down into of how do I make sure that I have our guys, you know, really ready to go play. And I felt really good about it. I really did. And I, these guys will tell you, I told them the same thing. Um, but that's, that's the life of, of a competitor and a football team. When, when you're not at your best, can you find a way to win? And I, like I said, I thought our guys showed a lot of fight and grit and resiliency to put ourselves in position to win a game when we weren't at our best, um, against a good football team. And, um, you know, we did that, and so I was really proud of them for that. I was proud of their, their ability to fight back uh, when we weren't playing great, when, when the game was kind of slanted, uh, we were kind of playing uphill there for a while, uh, and to get all the way back to have the lead the way that we did, that, that took a lot of resiliency from this group, and uh, I credit them a lot for that. Yeah, we overestimated this team as being a Final Four team because they underestimated what Oklahoma was about, and, I, and that's, as he said, that's part of his job too. I mean, there's just – you just don't come out that flat. You don't come out that flat, BK, if you're not even ranked when you play – when these two teams play. You know, you you have to meet whatever is, is going to happen on the other side, and you just didn't do it. You couldn't do it. And then when things bad happen to you, yeah, you fought your way back, but this is supposed to be a championship. This is supposed to be a championship-level football team, and they've got a lot of work to do, and they got a lot of work, a lot of mental work to do too because some of these injuries, you may still be missing guys after a week. So some of these young players that played in this game, they're going to end up playing maybe for a long period of time in the rest of this football season. You can't afford another loss. Yeah, yeah, no, you can't. No, you can't. And look, I still think Texas can make the playoff at the end of the season, but obviously they've used up their mulligan. They, yes. they can't lose another game. There's never been a team with two losses make it to the four-team college football playoff. So, you know, the path is still there for Texas. They've got to win out. They've got to get to Jerry World, likely to play Oklahoma again. And they've got to win that game. I mean, Oklahoma laid the blueprint for you. Look at 2018. Like, I, I have to imagine the way that I'm feeling now and the way that I felt leaving the Cotton Bowl on Saturday was the way OU fans felt in 2018, where OU came into that game, the higher-ranked team. They were the favorite. They lost on the dicker the kicker, game-winning field goal. And then they're like, 
if we get another chance at these dudes, yes. we've got a shot. And that's what happened. Like, OU, they ran the table the rest of the way. They got to play Texas again. They unfortunately got their revenge, and they made it to the college football playoff. So it can be done. Like, that's just what Texas has to do. They just can't lose another game. If they do that, then, yeah, obviously any shot of the college football playoff is out the window. And if they lose another conference game, you know, two losses in Big 12 play, we know the conference sucks, but it's not a guarantee that you even make it to the conference championship game if you slip up somewhere in these final six games of the regular year. But Oh, yeah, if you slip the, up. The blueprint is there, Buck. The blueprint yeah. is there. Like, they know what they need to do, and if they do that right, they still have a very, very good shot to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, because you 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 mentally and physically got beat, but you still have enough talent on your football team to make things happen. You you really really do. You've got a like I said, you got a talented running back that, dude, give him six more carries. Who knows what's going to happen? It's just, I don't know. The, the cutesy plays are are starting to pile up for Sark. You know, the the trick, the trickery, and all that kind of stuff. Great play call to, to block that punt. That was he had to. I mean, he had, they had to dial up something, or this that thing was. He kept him in in the first half. As I could have been thirty to nothing at halftime easily. Yeah, easily on Saturday could have been thirty to nothing with the emotions on one side and not on the other. The coach had to do something, and he did. But I don't know what the hell happened in the second half. I don't know what he got into at halftime in there. You know, yeah, I mean, Texas has been such a great second half team, and that's been, I think, the biggest adjustment from Steve Sarkeesian over the last couple of years to this year. It's just it feels like more often than not this year, Sark has been able to win the battle of in-game adjustments. Right. I mean, hell, he did it against Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa back in week two, where Texas ran away from Alabama in the fourth quarter over there. Uh, that has been a strength of Texas. This has been a second-half team. That's what a lot of people at the Cotton Bowl and on the fairgrounds and watching at home were saying at halftime. It's like, all right, well, we're down three at halftime. We just played a pretty cr uh, crappy half of football, and we're right there. We're down by three. We're okay, and we're a second-half team. Well, Texas wasn't really a second-half team. I mean, oh. OU gets the ball first. They march down the field and score a touchdown to push the lead to 10. And obviously, give Texas credit. Sark did it there. They fought back. They scored 13 straight. They took a lead. But in the first five games of the year, Texas was making those winning plays down the stretch. They did not make the winning plays on that uh, last defensive possession of the game because OU very easily, might I add, marched down the field and scored. Yeah, when you're not in, emotionally involved early and the penalty discrepancy was, I'm not going to say the officials mucked that game up because I thought they would in some way, shape, or form. The players helped muck it up, you know? Yeah, yeah they, the, they the, uh, part of what went on. Yeah, the Zebras weren't great. Um, yeah, but I, they didn't throw the interceptions. They didn't fumble the ball in no. traffic with the quarter. That wasn't on them. That was. I'm not, I'm not blaming the refs for this loss. I no. mean, it, it, it is pretty ridiculous that Oklahoma did not have a single holding penalty called on them. Um, and there were a couple of calls that I thought should have been made that weren't. But, I mean, that's not why Texas lost the no. game. Uh, the Oklahoma made the winning plays that they needed to make, and Texas didn't, plain and simple. So, and they're that's frustrating, man. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan Gabriel was uh, the best player on the field on Saturday. Give him credit. And that's, man, I said this, like, look, maybe Texas gets revenge in a couple of months, and, and I won't have to say this again, but, like, this is a pretty demoralizing loss for Texas, man. Once again, the, the goals this season are still in front of them, right? Absolutely, the of all of them. Title, it's still there. The goal of making the college football playoff, it's still there. Need a little bit of help from around the country, but I, I think, they're going to get it. 
the the issue with this loss and why this one stings so bad, or at least it should, is this is the best Texas team since 2009. We all agree with that. I don't know if this is a top five Oklahoma team since 2009. Like, I don't say that to disrespect this year's team. I say that as respect to some of the awesome teams that they had under Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley. Like, this was this was Texas's year, you felt like, to just, oh, my gosh. And then Oklahoma, in year two, coming off its worst season in 25 right. years, was able to beat you? Like, Sark's doing all this talk in the offseason about how this is his program now, and he feels like he's got it where he wants it, and it's his players, and the guys know what they expect from him. And You're right, BK. Yada, he yada, did, yada. He and didn't then Oklahoma, on Saturday. That was not like the team that, that it looks like he thought they would look. They didn't come out like all that talk about how – they look like the team I thought they would be. They did not. There was something going on. Well, and- Oklahoma is in year two of Brent Venables. They're going to get better because that's what happens. It takes time to build a program. Now, they're better than I think anybody expected them to be. I think they're better than even Oklahoma fans probably thought they would be this year. But, like, in and they're still in a little bit of a rebuild. You're supposed to have things set in stone, and they just beat you. Like, that's that stings right there, man. Like, they've obviously had your number. I mean, OU is what, 11-4 and four against Texas now in the last 15 games? They've had your number, but this was supposed to be like, hey, things are starting to turn a little bit in Texas's favor, and they they didn't do it. They didn't get the job done, and that that's why this one stings more than a normal loss at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, that one hurt. It it, it hurt. I mean, you know, we just – we and we had talked about, you know, Quinn yours in big games, how, how he would do in big games. This was his opportunity, and – Man, the three turnovers, the, the the as you said, the penalties, just the silliness of what you're going to do in the scoring zone. You don't have any choice, coach, but you got to fix the red zone. That yeah. has to be fixed. Like I said, I don't care if you put ten of them out there wide. I mean, or, or whatever, nine out wide, and snap it to Jonathan Brooks and have him go one on one with somebody. He'll he'll get you a yard, but you can't keep running that thing, that defensive players in there and say I'm going to. He can't prove a point to us. Yeah, like you said, he can prove a point against Houston or, or maybe TCU, but you can't continue to try to do the same thing over and over. It's not working. It doesn't work. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know, TB, how you could have listened to the first hour and 20 minutes of the show and, and feel like this is an accurate comment. Oklahoma's a very good football team this year. They beat Texas on Saturday, fair and square. They're a good football oh, yeah, team. Yeah, they are. But good. Once, I, I just like, I think of some of the Oklahoma teams in the past few years, like a Baker Mayfield OU team. That what 2016 team that lost the heartbreaker to Georgia, maybe it was 2017. I think that Oklahoma team beats this one by a couple of touchdowns. Like I, I really do. Like I just, it's, it's not a shot at Oklahoma. It's a shot at Texas for not being able to get the job done. And Oklahoma's been the better program over the last two decades. There's no real arguing there. And they were better on Saturday. So no, Oklahoma's a good team. They got a shot to go 12 and 0 in the regular season. Hell, they. Have a shot to beat Texas again. Why would they not have a shot to beat right. Texas again? They just beat Texas once. It's going to be a 13 or no college football playoff team. I just think Oklahoma has had better teams, and I don't think Texas has had better, better teams. And that's, uh, once again, why this loss feels like a total groin kick if you're a Longhorn fan today. All right, Texans fan, how was that kick to the groin yesterday? Oh, I thought they had him yesterday. Ooh, the Texans? Yes, C.J. Stroud is playing oh. some really, really good-looking football, man. He is a good-looking young quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he he is, and 
The Texans were able to march down the field pretty late into that game to take the lead, but uh, they gave the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm loving. Uh oh. But are you, uh, the, are you there? I'm, yeah, I'm back. Am I there? I don't know. You're what there happened too. There. You're there, man. Yeah, uh, I know that. I know that hurt a little bit yesterday. <laughs> yeah, the Falcons, man. My old thing tripping, but my young Hoku, young Way Koo, with the game winner at the buzzer. Yeah, the Texans obviously much improved from what they've been over the last couple of years. They were riding a two-game winning streak going into that one. They scored the touchdown with less than two minutes ago to take the lead, and you're thinking, oh, man, we might be winning three in a row. Yeah. But, yeah, the uh, the Falcons offense, give Desmond Ritter some credit. He's been up and down through his first season as a starter, but uh, he uh, he played well, made some winning plays. Got that was the a nice Falcons drive. The field goal range. Was good, yeah. yeah. Got the Falcons in the field goal range, and they end up getting the win. Uh, nice day for Bijan Robinson again, who had another highlight reel touchdown. See him catch that screen pass. With oh, him yeah. And pin it against his hip. Looked like it was behind his back for a second. Then juked the guy out and ended up getting into the end zone. Uh, yeah, that guy's really, really good. And a nice win for Atlanta. Let's now, you believe, in, you believe that I said that Bill Belichick will be done at this the end of the year? Will, he uh, make it, will the dude make it till the end of the year? They're not going to fire him midseason, dude. Like, I don't care how no. bad things get in New England. They're not going to can Bill Belichick with his six Super Bowls before the end of the year like he made can himself yeah i mean they're gonna describe it as a mutual parting of the ways if they do break up this off season they're not gonna can that guy in the middle of the year there's no way but what a disaster that was yeah the saints Man. all over the patriots 34 to nothing mac jones got benched again i assume the patriots will go with bailey zappy in their next game even though bailey zappy also looked terrible the last two weeks when he had to step in uh, it is a disaster in New England right now. Yeah, that certainly the, is. Now. One of the big storylines in the NFL is just how bad the Patriots are. And I don't think anybody has any problems with that because the Patriots have been really freaking good for a really long time. And it's kind of nice to see them uh, come crashing down the way that they have the last few seasons. How about those J-E-T-E Jets, Jets, Jets? They got it done. Come on, Russell Wilson. Oh, against the really? Broncos. Yeah, yikes. All the trash that Sean Payton talked oh, about. Oh, yeah. Hackett and the Jets. And then the Jets with their backup quarterback go into Denver and win that game. Yikes. Yeah, Sean Payton, the early returns on him, not very good. The Broncos are 1-4, and four, and their one win was a miracle against the freaking Bears. Denver is, uh, Denver is a problem right now. Uh, the Chiefs got a win over Minnesota. Philadelphia is 5-0. and oh. Yep. Detroit is four and one. They continue to uh, look pretty impressive this season as they took care of Carolina pretty easily yesterday. I'm trying to think if there are any other, we can get more into the well, NFL. Of course, the Jag, the Jags got their win in London. They're home away from home. They prefer to stay in London and never come back and play in Jacksonville ever again. Yeah. Yeah. The Jags, they got it done against Buffalo. They were there for a couple of weeks. I think that extra week over there helps. Uh, where Buffalo had to play in the States and they had to travel and do all of that. Jacksonville is also a good team. I mean, they made the playoffs sure last year. They won a playoff game. So uh, they're, they're solid. It's not crazy to think that they could beat the Bills or beat most teams if they played at home. But, uh, yeah, they got the job done overseas yesterday morning. And big, big – I know people had a down weekend, but you weren't down if you took my 5,000-unit play over the weekend. That's yeah. right. Congratulations. You are now yes. only down a thousand units on the season. 
very getting, easy call that was. You're getting close to 500. You're like the Texas Tech of gambling. <laughs> uh, you had North Carolina. I think they were giving eight and a half to Syracuse. They could have been giving like 30 to Syracuse. That game was an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. So well done there. I hate when you. I, I hate when you waste one. So I hopefully you didn't waste one there that I gave you that easy victory. It was almost like the Texas Longhorns wasting a great performance by Jordan Whittington on Saturday. How about wasting that performance by that dude? All right. We got to give some love. We're, we're all over the place. If we're transitioning, we got to give some shout outs to some sponsors, Buck. So yeah. how, how about a word for our friends at Texas Orthopedics? Love the folks at Texas Orthopedics. Now, if you're having problems, uh, whether you're, whether it's any of your joint pain, they specialize in patient-focused fo- orthopedic care. Now, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics for sure. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and remember, non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and even more. Thank you to Dr. Danny, which we saw on Saturday. He was there. He stopped by to say hello to us. And, of course, Chris, Chris Stockton there. They're dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you right back in good health and a great quality of life. Visit TXOrtho.com. Texas Orthopedics, they're the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. Once again, go to TXOrtho. Dot com for more information. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Also, shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery. Altstadt beer is the best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas. I had some in Dallas over the weekend. Yeah, they've got it at bars and restaurants up there in the Triple D. They've got it in Houston. They've got it in San Antonio. They've got it all across Central Texas as well. Altstadt has a number of different brews, too. Something for every beer drinker out there. And, oh, yeah, it's October. The fall is upon us, which Uh-oh. means – the Altstadt Oktoberfest is yes. back in stores near you, at bars and restaurants near you. This stuff is perfect for the football season. It is perfect for the fall. I'm telling y'all, one sip, and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. And, hey, it's an open week. How about a trip down to the Altstadt Brewery this weekend? Heck Come yeah. Up, maybe avoid the madness of ACL. Go to Fredericksburg. Enjoy the Oktoberfest celebration going on at the Altstadt Brewery. Get you some of that great beer as well. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's all stat beer. No impurities. No regrets. And thanks to the thanks to the folks out at Circuit of the Americas. They got a big event coming up just around the corner. They uh, sponsor our text line, 512-222-9328. That's how you get a hold of us. And thank you to Coda and thank you to Bobby Epstein and the gang out there. Big event coming up. Yes. The Killers and Queen. And the Formula One race is coming. But you know what? 2024, boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing. NASCAR returns. Love that. And, of course, MotoGP to Circuit of the Americas. Love that an awful lot. Thank you to Dr. Greg Eckert, my dentist, of course. And they do a wonderful job. All-star group of professionals. They do everything from general dentistry to the most advanced work. Got these babies right here. See those beautiful smile? And just two visits with the good doctor. And he can get that done for you, too. But if you're interested in another way of making that smile, because he can turn a frown upside down in just one day with dental implants, find out if you're a candidate by giving him a call today at 512-345-3166. Now, they're doing a general dentistry, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, tooth loss solutions. Give Dr. Eckert a call. And if you've got dental anxiety, he is your dude. Don't be scared. And if you've got dental insurance, it's starting to get towards the middle of October. Hey, Use it or you lose it. So you got to do that before the end of the year. Don't let it pile up in December where I need to see the dentist now. I need to use my, you know, my health care deal. I need to use it now. 
He will have tons of people trying to visit him, believe me, in December before January and the new dental insurance comes out. So get that done. Start and make your appointments with Dr. Record again, 512-345-3166. Absolutely. And shout out to SyntexTickets.com as well. If you want tickets to F1 in a couple of weeks, if you want oh, yeah. to ACL this coming weekend, SyntexTickets.com. They've got it all. Or if you're looking for sports tickets, they've got you covered. If you're trying to go to that Texas-Houston game in a couple of weeks, they can make it happen. Uh, playoff baseball. How about yeah. those Texas Rangers, dude? If you want tickets to the Rangers-Orioles Game 3 in Arlington, you can find tickets on site right now at SyntexTickets.com. If you're an Astros fan, uh, disappointing Game 2. See what happens the rest of the way in that series against Minnesota. But Astros tickets, Rangers tickets, Cowboys, Texans, Longhorns, Aggies, Sooners, whoever you root for, it does not matter. They've got them for you right there at SyntexTickets.com. Being a baseball, what's Correa doing? Why is he coming back here trying to stick it to the Strohs? Oh, he didn't try yeah. to stick it to him. He stuck it to him. Yeah, big win for the Twins last night. The Astros took Game One of that series on Saturday. Six to four was the final. It got a little dicey, right? The Astros jumped out to a huge five nothing lead, and you're thinking, "Ah, oh, we're going to coast to a win." Uh, the seventh inning comes around. Minnesota puts up four against the Astros bullpen. Hector Neris really, really struggled. He couldn't get oh, yeah. anybody out. And all of a sudden, it's a game. Well, the Astros were able to add an insurance run, and they held on to take game one of that series. About the 10th straight series opening win for the Astros in the postseason. That extends an MLB record. They are awesome in game ones, and that's a huge part of why they've been so awesome in the playoffs since 2017. But game two last night, a different story. It was Minnesota who jumped out to that big lead. Uh, Framber Valdez, who was awesome in the playoffs last year for the Strohs, not so awesome yesterday. Four and a third innings, gave up five runs. Uh, Farmer hit a mammoth home run off of him. Correa hit one, two. Correa had three hits and three RBI. Wow. Yeah, back in Houston against the Astros and those fans who loved him so much for so many years. Uh, yeah, Carlos Correa, a one-man show, made an incredible defensive play on the last out of the game, too. Oh, to that play. His, to get his counterpart, Jeremy Pena, for uh, out number 27. And yeah, you know, he, he reminded me a lot of? No, remind, yes. no, he remind me a lot of this little fella right here who made those fantastic plays in the playoff game. You know what? Someone asked me at the fairgrounds, they go, where's the captain? You didn't bring the captain with you. I'm letting you know he doesn't do road trips. He only does road trips when he's in his Wagoneer. He doesn't, he, doesn't do he doesn't do road trips. What is he? Royce White? What do you mean he doesn't <laughs> do road trips? I don't need him doing road trips with me when I'm up there at the Cotton Bowl. He would have helped me find my car. I guarantee you that. Can you imagine this little fella running around the parking lot, dodging no, those cars? He's a figurine, and he can't move unless what? you pick him up and shake him like that. Come on, man. What are you talking about? Somebody actually asked me, did Jeter make the trip? I'm like, oh, no. I didn't realize you could sleep without him. I thought for sure he was going to the hotel with you. I was very nervous when that person said that to me, that Jeter was left upstairs all alone in the drawer. I felt really bad. Hey, You know? I saw Jeter last night. You know he's doing pre and post game for Fox I saw him. playoffs. He was clean looking, wasn't he? Yeah, he looked a little bigger than the one you have. That beautiful biracial beauty that he was there yesterday. He's looking oh. looking good. And now he's got two beautifuls, one before and one after. And he needs to reach over there and punch A Rod right in the head. <laughs> he should have. Bam. Oh man. You know Derek Jeter is married, right? To not you. I know. I understand that. Okay. Just making sure. Just making yeah, sure. Our good friend, he's married to his niece, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, our buddy Glenn Davis, Soccer Matters. 
Love yes. Glenn. Great dude. Yeah, his niece is Hannah Davis Jeter. Uh, yeah, you, look, Hannah got the looks. Glenn got the soccer knowledge, and that's a fair trade. I'm sure. I'm sure Glenn is happy about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's overwhelmed by that <laughs> that greatness there for sure. Uh, real quick on the Rangers, since we are talking some baseball, dude, the Rangers against the top seeded team in the American League. They Wags go to Baltimore and take the first two against Wags's Orioles. The Rangers went down two nothing in game two yesterday, and it's like, all right, well, Baltimore's really good. They lost game one. They're not going to drop both of these games at home, right? Right? But then it's the Rangers, over. Wags five, is it's over. Five in the second and four in the third. The big blow, a Mitch Garver grand slam to make it nine to two. Now the Orioles fought back, and if you watch the TV broadcast, they spent two and a half hours trying to make the Orioles come back and win that game. Uh, but the Rangers 11, the Orioles eight. And yeah, the Texas Rangers who choked the AL West away in the final weekend of the regular season. And they struggled in the last month of the regular year. All of a sudden they are four and zero in these playoffs. They are one win away from a trip to the American league championship series. They have somehow refound it at the right time. Now this series obviously in over, you don't have to tell any Rangers fan that because unfortunately the Rangers have been here before in the last 10 years where they had a 2-0 lead in this round on the road and couldn't get the job done. So this thing's not done yet, but what an impressive turnaround for the Rangers. It's been a roller coaster year for them, but they are on a high right now and they are one win away. They've got three chances to win one to move on to the final four of Major League Baseball. Hey, maybe TSU may be back in Arlington. Look out. Whoa. Look yeah, out, everybody. Almost, we may I need some it. travel partners. I thought about staying, man, because game three is uh, tomorrow night in Arlington. Oh, you like the Texas Longhorn players? Oh, I'll I'll stay behind. Maybe I'll stay up with family. You know, (laughs) let me not get back. I don't need to watch this film of what just happened on Saturday. Let me go with my mom and dad and go hang out with my with my girlfriend or my auntie or whatever. No, get on that bus and get back to Austin Uh and get some work done. Yeah, I, that's what I ended up doing. I was like, damn, I'm already at the Sheridan Hotel right across the street from the Gilf. I just want to be inside that Gilf, man. God, it looks warm in there. It looks it's like a good time. And you know, it was, I'm going to tell you, folks, and for those that went up there on, you know what, the travel up there was 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 nice. I went I-35. I did, you know, the night before we had those storms. So I did not go up the back roads and look for my little farmhouse on 281. I know there was people that says, oh, no, you can make the trip that way. I did not even take the chance, PK. I got on I-35, which I'm not friendly with. But, man, it was smooth sailing up there on Thursday. It really, really was. It. I don't know when you hit the traffic. Maybe you had hit it coming back yeah. with folks coming back on Sunday. But it was very pleasant driving up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Good. If I mean, that. that's the trick, right? Like, you're smart with your travel plans. Going up on Thursday and then coming back on Saturday, that's the move. If you go up on Friday and you come back Sunday – you're SOL. You're just going to be sitting there yes. on I-35 like it's a parking lot. Uh, I had it pretty rough. I knew it was, too. I thought about waking up early and driving back yesterday, but I met up with a couple of buddies for breakfast, guys that I hadn't seen in a while, and then I just ended up getting stuck in some pretty awful 35 How was the atmosphere inside the Cotton Bowl? Was it was – it, oh, oh, awesome. oh, you just feeling it? I mean, no, I mean it, was, it was great. Like, it's always great, you know, and that, that game – if, if you're just a college football fan, obviously, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you love the way that that game went down. You don't need me to tell you that. But that was a great college football game. Now, it was sloppy. Of course, it wasn't the highest quality of football being played for 60 minutes there. But 
man, back and forth and twists and turns and ups and downs. I mean, that's that's one of the best college football games we're going to see all season if you're just a college football fan. Sure. So, yeah, the atmosphere was great, man. I mean, both, you know, nobody left early. It wasn't last year where fans were headed to the exits at halftime. I mean, this game was obviously close for all four quarters. So, no, nah, fans on It was both nice sides. at the old mill, dude. That was, that was wonderful on the fairgrounds. I did not uh-huh. have a seven-year-old come up and shoot the finger. We had to beg for people to shoot the finger at us. It's crazy. I, mean, I think I only got one bird shot in my face all day long. Lots of horns down, though. But, they, oh, love you, that they love oh, that you, bit. Oh, you fans are PC now? What's the deal? Oh yeah, they 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 they're well educated now. They understand what's going on. Yeah, they did. They had horns down, of course. My favorite bit that Oklahoma fans do—they think they're so smart and so witty with this one—is like they're they're wearing an OU shirt, so we know who they're rooting for. They'll like walk up to us or they'll walk up to a Texas fan and be like, "Yeah!" It's (laughs) like, "Oh, I thought you were. I really, you had me, man. I thought you were gonna go horns up the whole time. I had with that that OU shirt on." I had no clue that was coming. You really, I mean, <laughs> God, that one, that one, you know, on the 432nd thousandth time, it really hits. That one, that was good right there, OU fan. That was very creative on your part. Good job there, bud. Were you disappointed in your uh, the shot that you had there with the bread in it or whatever when oh. you had the manna inside the shot? Or oh, <laughs> that, Dude, was- that was awful. Yeah, the fried fireball shot. I did try that at the state fair on Saturday. And it, it was literally a fireball shot with like a little little piece of French toast just really? soaking in the fireball. How did that French toast? Did it, did it taste like a tongue or something? What what was it with that thing? That thing didn't look good. No, I don't like I think, wet bread. I, yeah, I think the issue was like we had uh, one of our guys, one of young Brock's friends went and got it for us. And he had to walk a long way to go get it. So I think like, okay, you buy it, you're supposed to take the shot right away. So the French toast shouldn't have been as soaked in the fireball, but because the guy had to walk all the way across the back to the old mill inn where we were, then yeah, that French toast, it was wet bread. It was not good. Uh, and then I, I just would have preferred a normal fireball shot instead of the fried element. I thought it was going to be like, you know, like a fried ball with just fireball in there, not a little fireball with a little French toast. In Maybe it, a little you know? chocolate in there with the fireball, but not French toast. No, nah, that was a jam. No, that was a sham. I did I get did fried. Not. I did get fried cheesecake. Oh, you did? Yeah, and I had fried Frito pie bites. Oh, that had to taste like shit. Yeah, it wasn't that good. The fried cheesecake was awesome. The fried Frito pie bites, not as good as I wanted them to be. Uh, and I had two Fletcher's corny dogs. Two? One of them I dropped on the ground and then picked it up and and ate it like a bum. That's great. Was, Welcome to the fairgrounds, you bum. I mean, it, really. It was on the ground for like a half second, dude. Oh no, that thing was rolling. You had gone to take some equipment back. That thing had been laying on the ground when you came yep. back. You picked that thing up, and I'm like, he's not gonna eat this. But if he does, I'm going to let him go ahead and take a bite because it's been sitting here for a while. No, it was on the ground for a half second. You oh, know, the five-second rule exists. And, hell, at the fair, it's probably a, a one-second rule. But I, I got there, picked it up, wiped off the dirt and grass on there. And yeah, that, that's like a 15-coupon corn dog, dude. I'm not letting yeah. that shit go to waste. <laughs> Those people were standing there. And there are people standing in that line for like a whole the whole time we're doing the broadcast trying to get coupons. That thing is rigged. There's something about that. I don't know if the cartel owns like the the, the fair or something, and you got to have the coupons for like hide money. But I, it's something's going on with that deal. It just well, is. But the yeah, coupons, there's no reason to have coupons. Money laundering going on at the state. Something's going on. Texas. 
Yeah, something's not right. Oh man, yeah, I, it's it's just annoying. It's just another thing you have to wait for, right? Like, it, it'd be nice if you could just pay with credit card like you can everywhere else in the world, but instead of just waiting in one line for the food or the drinks, you've got to wait in one line to get the coupons and then get in another line and wait Dude, for the food and the drinks. And I look so sad. I look like if I would have had a little stick and a dog walking around there, like a hope, like a hobo does with his his stick and his bandana and his little dog with the bandana. It would have been perfect for me walking around there with a cooler and a bag trying Dude. to get out. I mean, that was three miles to get to the parking lot. You okay? Intern Brock commented earlier saying he dropped a pin on your phone to let you know where your car I was. I ran out of juice by the time I made the walk there. It had to be an hour walk just to get to where we were. I had stuff with me coming in. I had one bag leaving. I had that cooler with all the drinks in it until I gave it to the parking lot attendant who gladly packed that stuff. She said, Hey, thank you. And by the way, what about that bottle of Tito's? I said, yeah, that's yours too. Help. Thanks for helping me find, you know, thanks for helping me find that. She goes, you look like a lost soul going from parking lot to parking lot <laughs> and not taking a break, just walking, just like roaming. Where were you earlier lady? Why didn't she get there earlier? She wanted to make sure that I was totally out of breath and ready to pass out before she came to my rescue. But I, she knew that thing was heavy. I said, here, take these drinks, take them home. You know, save your life, I guess. You right? did, no kidding. But then you right. told me that the thing that says ranch water really isn't ranch water in there. It's some kind of alcohol. No, it's not. It's true water, isn't it? Isn't <laughs> it like a bubbly or something? I'm glad I didn't guzzle one of those down. What is what is true ranch water? What do you think that is? Water with little hidden valley squirted in there? What are you talking I, about? It says that on the on the can from Big Hat. It yeah. says ranch something. It says ranch water, but then it tells you that it's a canned tequila cocktail. No, That's dude, what ranch I, water is. It's tequila it, and soda water, like carbonated water, with lime. We just call it ranch water now. Dude, I would have been for I would have been in for a rude awakening if I'd have popped one of those and just tried to guzzle that down like water. Oh my I've god! Been, with me, I may have liked it and drank four of them. That would have been a disaster. You, okay, oh. so you you probably walked out of the fair at what eleven o'clock, and you said you didn't get to your car till one. Yeah, it was closer to it was almost halftime. That is incredible, dude. I was just strolling around, going back and forth. And, of course, the people on the carts, you think they look at an old dude like that and say, hey, do you need some help? Hell no. It's Why didn't the- you flag anybody down? I'm flag these people down. I'll find my car. Those people just, like, assume, oh, this guy's just walking to his car. He knows where his car is because most people remember where their car is. No. Be like, All they have to do is you look. help me? That guy, they're looking at me and they're going, that dude's nuts are dragging on the ground. He needs some help. And they just kept on going. Dude, they just kept going and going and going by me and going. And the one, and when I finally got to where the car was, the, the, the dude there who said, I saw, I know your car is, he said, we need to get somebody to give you a, give you a ride. I'm like, oh, it's only a block away. I've already walked 10 miles. I think I can make it a block. And he, and he was nice enough. Sorry, I ran out of vodka for him, but. The old lady took the vodka and the canned cocktails. She had herself a field day Saturday night. I guarantee you, she oh, never yeah. left the parking lot. <laughs> Her and the rest of the parking lot oh, attendants were goodness. just getting it was, blitzed. It was fun, but you know, thank goodness it was not one of those 95 degree days. It was beautiful. Even the walk was nice. It just, and then of course I'm going through the fair and all those cheaters that are there trying to get me to, to throw the little ring around the Coca-Cola bottle that I never went on that. Some of that, or, or shoot the basketball where the hoop, where the ball doesn't fit through the hoop. Yeah. What a gimmick that place is. <laughs> I mean, really. 
you know, shoot at the little duck, the little hit the duck with a BB gun or something. That is such man, Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma had plenty of jobs there at the, at the Texas State Fair. Plenty of opportunities working that. So they're working our football team. They might as well work the dog on fairgrounds. Yeah. For sure. Yep. And right. big techs. Hey, when, when, when they're fitting big techs with a pair of jeans next year, would you put some cushions to make him have at least a little bit of an ass? That thing. <laughs> what? You care that his ass isn't big enough? Did you see big Texas ass? It looked like an ironing board. Yeah, it does. It did look like he left it at home this year, didn't My it? My goodness. I know his face got burned up, but give the guy an ass yeah. a little bit or just a little lump or there or something there. It is as flat as a pancake, isn't it? Boy, it was great to be there, though. Man, that's a great scene for football. It is. It man. is a great scene. It's as good as it gets. It's way oh, better when your team wins. But uh, now the atmosphere, the scene, the environment, whatever you want to call it, it is second to none in the world of college. We had a lot of folks come by, too. We had lots. It was great to see all the people. Yeah, we spread a bunch of koozies, too. And we'll have some more remote broadcasts coming up in the not-too-distant future, especially here in Austin. So we'll get uh, you the opportunity to get one of those koozies if you didn't. But we've got some gear. We're working on a merch store as well with our friends at laststandhats.com. So be on the lookout for that. Your chance We'll be back in Arlington, my friend. We'll be back there. I sure hope you're right. I mean, if Texas is back there, we will be back there. We're going to take care of our business. I'm not worried about Texas Sports Unfiltered doing what needs to be done to get to Arlington. I'm worried about Texas taking care of its business, doing what needs to get done. They should. Does that that send you some worry through you, though, of what you saw Saturday? Is there there something that the remainder of this season – I mean, I I know the old – on any given, if you're not prepared and all that other kind of crap. Yep. But is there something to be really, truly worried about now when you look at this group? Or is the coach going to be stubborn? I mean, what, what what do you see from this point on? It's the red zone offense that gives me more fear than anything else, right? Like, I don't expect Texas to be turning the ball over three times every week. Hell, they had two offensive turnovers all year going into Saturday. And they had three on Saturday. Hell, they had two on the first two drives of the game against Oklahoma. I'll credit OU. A lot of that's OU's defense being very good. And I don't think Texas will play a defense like that the rest of the way either. I don't think they'll play a quarterback like that the rest of the way either. So what about this defense, what you saw from this defense on Saturday? Yeah. Not enough aggression. It just was very passive defense. Yeah. No, that's it. That's that's the right way to describe it. They were passive. Like they they were playing reactionary football. They've been proactive through five games. They were kind of setting the tone and kind of imposing their will and doing what they wanted to do. And they were just reacting to Oklahoma. Give OU credit once again. Like I don't want anything to, that I say today or right. this week sound like I'm taking shit away from Oklahoma. No, they were no. they were better. They were more physical. They won up front. Uh, so yeah, I'm just not used to seeing that. And I, I think Texas will be fine against the other teams on their schedule because the other teams aren't as good as Oklahoma, but I mean, like the the defense wasn't good enough on Saturday and the offense turned it over too many times and there were too many negative plays and too many dumb penalties. And it's honestly a minor miracle that this game was as close as it was with just how many mistakes Texas made against Oklahoma. So they'll clean it up. The red zone offense has to get fixed because that wasn't a Oklahoma only issue, right? They were 109th in the country in red zone touchdown percentage going into Saturday. I haven't looked since then, but they didn't score a touchdown in three trips to the red zone. So it's definitely lower than that. It might be in the 120s. Right yeah, once now. again, Oklahoma hasn't given up a rushing touchdown to anybody this year. 
right? Uh, no, they gave uh, Jonathan Brooks scored a touchdown on the ground. It was outside. I mean, I mean a goal zone. line, a goal line touchdown. Uh, well, they hadn't they hadn't given up any rushing touchdown this season. So at least Texas was able to do that. But right. yeah, I guess the goal line, like obviously they bowed up on that first and goal from the one, getting four straight stops there. Uh, and that I was, was surprised at how big they were. I I just didn't. They look big. Yeah, look like like I said it last week. Oklahoma has really good talent. They the blue chip ratio, which is a percentage of the roster that is four and five stars versus their entire roster. Oklahoma had a higher blue chip ratio than Texas. So anybody who thought going into the game, like, oh, you didn't have any sort of talent, like that's that's wrong. Like I said it on Saturday. If Texas makes some mistakes, Oklahoma has the horses in the barn to make Texas pay and win the football yes. game. Now, I didn't pick it. I'm not changing. I'm not going to revisionist history saying I picked Oklahoma to win and I was right. No, I was wrong. I didn't think Texas would make those mistakes. But it was obvious that like Oklahoma was good enough to where if you were going to screw some things up, you were going to give them chances. They were going to take advantage of those chances, and they did. They've got a good team. It's a talented roster, and they're winning double-digit games this season. They might be 11-1 and or 12-0 and this year now. Yeah, I didn't think I'd like their, their, their wide receivers as well. I mean, we talked about them. And they had some big play capabilities, but in that particular game, man, did they all look good? They all yeah. were on the money at wide receiver yeah. on Saturday. They, they really were. That Farouk dude was—he was catching and running, and when he was open, dude, he was open, open. I'm like, is there somebody that's going to be around this cat? And he could yeah. catch and run. That was it, right? The, the the yards after catch for Jaleel Farouk, five catches for a buck thirty, about twenty six yards of reception. Wow. For Jaleel Farouk. Yeah, he was a problem. He was a problem for for this Texas defense. And yeah, look, oh, you had injuries too. Injuries happen. It's part of football, but not having Ryan Watts out there hurt. Jake Majors getting hurt on the second possession of the game hurt. And, and Hall played one of the worst games that I've ever seen him play. Just who's, who's that? Hall. Yeah, uh oh, Ford, I'm sorry. I keep going. Oh, Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford. I, I I just never seen I've never seen him so mixed up. I, I know he had a lot to do. I know he had a lot on his mind. He was trying to get those young guys in place and stuff, but Jalen Ford was out. I mean, he was out of position an awful lot for him. Yeah, he was bad. No, it's he was bad. There are a lot of individually bad performance by Texas uh, from the coaches to the players. I mean, obviously yes. collective, they didn't do enough to get a win plain and simple, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a tough film study. And, you know, on, on one hand, it's good that Texas has two weeks to get these things figured out, but sure. God, it, it sucks that they've got a stew on that for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, you gets to celebrate that win. They're off next weekend, too. They just get to enjoy life for a little bit. And like, ah, shit, we're 6-0. and oh, We're top five in the country. Oh, we yeah. And, our, and the coaches, the hose guy is going to have them ready. Yeah. The Texas hose guy is ready. Yeah. 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 And Texas, you just, just got a stew. It, it hurts as a fan, too. That was like. God, I did not want to rewatch that game last night. I rewatch every game, part of the job, um, and then I'll probably rewatch it again today because I just I, I feel like I should. That was one I didn't want to. I didn't want to turn back on, man. That one was a total gut punch, groin kick, whatever you want to call it. That one absolutely. Yeah, it looked, and it looked like the Oklahoma team had been watching the forty-nine to nothing game over and over and over and over. Yeah. They understood yeah, yeah. what kind of emotions they needed to take into this game, but they had to be good on offense and defense, and they brought it. They just they they were they were on target. They understood what Texas would do when they decided to lose the integrity of that defensive line. That quarterback did not hesitate to run. No. It was almost planned. That 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 was a big part of their game plan. They knew that they weren't going to get much out of anybody else, but 
But before the game, I said, he can't be your leading. He, they can't let that guy be the leading rusher. And, I mean, I thought if he got 60 yards, he was going to be a problem. The dude got 118 yards? I mean, I'm like, that's that's bizarre. Yeah, a buck 13 for Dylan Gabriel. Is that what it was? I thought yeah. it was 118. Wow. Still, still way too much. And Texas did a good job containing the running back run game, which we thought that was going to be the case, right? Right. We had struggled to run the football in Texas. Sure. Defensive line had been very good against the run this year. But, yeah, I mean, we hadn't seen it this year. Right At times in the last 10, 15 years, running quarterbacks have given Texas fits. We didn't right. see that at Alabama. Uh, you know, Jason Bean for K- Kansas ran for 400 yards against UCF on Saturday with Jason Bean at quarterback. That Texas defense last week shut them down. They couldn't run at all against Texas. But OU, man, they ran for 200-plus. Most of it was Dylan Gabriel, of course, like the running quarterback – and we're, even though he's not one of the fastest dudes in the country, but he sure as hell was fast enough. And, and Texas oh, yeah. couldn't figure out how to slow him down, dude. Insane. All right, you asked me that, Buck. Uh, we got to give some love to our sponsors, but I'll ask you this real quick. You asked me if I feel good about Texas being able to correct those mistakes. What about you? Do you feel good about Texas being able to fix what plagued them on Saturday? Well, I still think, obviously, the goal line offense has to be fixed in the scoring zone. But I don't want to see that from the defense. I, I hope that's not a thing that we start to notice about this defense not getting pressure. We've seen this before where they're the best pressure team in the nation, but they don't get to the quarterback, you know, and they lose the integrity of, of some of these positions on defense. I, you know, they've got to get their cornerbacks back. They got to get watched. They have to get him back on the field because all these four and five star freshmen, cornerbacks and defensive back, they're not ready for this. That's just like running the running back in there who's a freshman, a true freshman in this game in the third and fourth quarter, he will have his time. It's just not in that game, yeah. you know, and if you were going to do it, you do it in the first quarter, but their backs were against the wall too much in the first quarter. You know, Sark was trying to figure out what do I have to do in order to get this team waking up and in, in, in the game. And I thought he did a good job. I don't know what he did in the second half, but that wasn't the time for CJ Baxter to be in the game that the six or seven carries give those to Jonathan Brooks. He's your game. He's your best offensive player right now. And you have to give him the ball. He's one of the best in the nation. And you have to give him every opportunity. And he wasn't tired. I mean, this was just one of those, you know, here we go. Let's let's just bring in a guy because it's his first OU game. We want to get him involved. Hell no. Yep. I, yeah. I didn't need that. I didn't need that from I didn't need I didn't need for him to do whether that's a running back coach or the head coach that thought, oh, let's get him in. Maybe he can make something happen. No, you already have the guy that can make something. You already made the mistake of making that dude. You're starting running back anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just wonder, do they learn from the mistakes that they make, you know, and bringing the two defensive guys in? Or are you going to try to prove a point to the nation that there's a reason why I did that is because we will be successful doing it? Okay. You were successful. You got that guy in a flat for a touchdown. You did a good job with it. Stop it now. It doesn't work three, tw- you know, doesn't work twice in a row. You can't do it a third time. It was dumb. All right. Some love to some sponsors before we wrap things up and hand it off to Chaos Theory with Wags and Rodney. How about Great Blue Heron Furniture? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The best furniture that you can find. A custom leather furniture company that started in 1991. You cannot find more stylish, more comfortable, more well-built furniture anywhere in the world. This stuff is ridiculously high quality. It's going to last you and your family Decades, not years, decades, maybe even generations. This stuff is legit. It's a Longhorn company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the great state of Texas. 
the stuff is the very best. Click the link in the video description below. If you're watching on YouTube, click that link. It's going to take you directly to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. If you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off your order. That's right, 15% off over at greatblueheronfurniture.com. Many thanks to them for their partnership here with us at TSU. Also, some love to Jack Allen's Kitchen. Want to give them a shout-out. Five locations all throughout Central Texas. Ridiculously good food. Fantastic service. You're going to get an incredible dining experience every single time you go in there. Shout-out to 7-Eleven. I went to a 7-Eleven in Dallas yesterday, Buck. That's how much I love that place. Shout-out to 7-Eleven. I was going to get some Olipop. That's what I needed, BK, on Saturday when I'm roaming through the desert. I needed my Olipop. Now, that would have given me the nutrients that I could have survived that hour-and-a-half-long walk through the parking lots, but I didn't have my Olipop with me at that time. No, but I will make sure that I get plenty of it today because I love all the flavors that Olipop has, and I love the ingredients that are going to keep me. Maybe since I've been drinking Olipop, maybe that's what's helped me through that hour-and-a-half journey through the parking lots of of the Dallas Fair. You know what I'm saying? The Texas Fair. Maybe that's that's what kept me healthy, as a matter of fact. Look at that. It changed the Bucks' life. It could change your yeah, life. Too. It changed my life. Shout out to our friends at Olipop. And shout out to all of our great sponsors. This has been a fun show. Unfortunately, we spent a lot of time talking about a disappointing performance. We'll talk more Texas OU this week. We'll talk Cowboys and Texans and baseball and plenty to recap throughout the course of the week as it was a very, very busy sports weekend. But it's 10 o'clock. Oh, it's past 10 o'clock. We're working overtime. We got to go. It's time now for a little chaos theory with Rodney and Wags.